Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 226 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. We don't have any special guests this week. We hope you are all doing well. Carrick, how are you, my friend? Excellent. Good. Relaxing. Doing Call of Duty. Oh, shoot. One of these next couple days or next couple podcasts, we need to talk about Call of Duty. We could talk about that uh, when we go to the what we're playing section. Oh, what we're playing? Yeah. great. Yeah, so we got that covered. We, we will be talking some Call of Duty this episode. I've been playing a lot of different things, so I'm looking forward to that segment. Uh, anyway, to those who are new, we, we have a lot of new listeners on the channel. We welcome you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us your time. Everyone's got a podcast nowadays, so we do appreciate those yeah. of you who, uh, who give ours a listen. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, sure. we run this show every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or if you want early access, you can join up on the Patreon and flick us a buck. If you do so, you will get early access to the show on Fridays couple more bucks, get involved in the Discord. Great community there. You can also submit your questions for this show. We have a bunch listed throughout uh, this entire episode. You guys really, really went crazy this week. It was it was ridiculous, man. There, there was a ton of questions. So uh, some of these news topics we have, we might fly through. I'm sure you'll understand. But anyway, those are just a couple of ways that you can get involved in the show if you'd like to support us. Keep uh, supporting what we're doing here. Carrick also has a Patreon It'll be linked in the description down below, as it always is. Is there anything you'd like to promote that's going on over there? Or is it just business as uh, usual? This Saturday, we're watching... It's a, And I know you're not into this as much, because you haven't done as much martial arts lately. But we're doing yeah. a UFC, where we get everybody in the Discord and do a it's UFC for the chat. DS fight, right? Yeah, and they we all yeah. watch it. You know, you buy it, and then like we all go into a, a group and watch it together. And that's cool. always that that's turned out to be a blast because it's not games. You know, sometimes yeah. it's it's cool to not, you I know, agree. be arguing over something or whatever, and I instead agree. you're just watching people fight or something like that. So Absolutely. I'm excited for that. Very excited. Good, good. All right, so make sure you give Carrick your uh, your support, your love, whatever you want. And we don't have much in the terms of introduction, I guess. Uh, for those who are listening, I'll, I'll put it out on social media by now, but I will be announcing my uh, my my secret project finally this Monday, this coming Monday. Um, for those of you listening on a Sunday, it'll be tomorrow. Uh, I'm really excited, but I'm also really nervous about it, um, but I think people are really going to like what I have to show. So um, I have all of that together finally, and it's good to reveal. So very excited, but outside of that, uh, nothing really on the horizon, just a lot of discussions about the Outer Worlds, Bethesda, just kind of been bouncing back and forth between those two. Uh, anything content-wise people should be looking at your channel for? Um, I'm, uh, shoot. Uh, I, nothing, yeah, I can't talk about one thing, okay. unfortunately. And okay. it's not a big thing, but there's one game that I have an embargo on, for whatever reason, not allowed to even talk that you have the game mm, um weird. not a huge one yeah it's that kind of shit and gotcha. then uh i want to cover need for speed heat so i'm reaching out to them i've reached out to yeah, them a couple a times one. so uh, yeah yeah I, as tough as in impossible for me but i'm still yeah. trying i'm still trying so that would be the one you know one or two things to look forward to awesome awesome all right ladies and gentlemen like i said we got a loaded list of news so let's get it started with bethesda it's kind of been the highlight on the channel as of lately. I've been trying to continue to apply any form of pressure I can with my platform to what I think is a really poor service with Fallout First. I, I kind of explained in a recent video how I don't care if it exists, but more so I just care about the price it exists at currently. Um, mm -hmm. And so we're going to be going over uh, the way Bethesda plans on expanding. So for those of you who have watched the video, you'll probably already know. But for those who haven't, a brief way to catch you up right here. 
Um, so pretty much there was a, uh, a leak through data mining, which happens with every single update with Fallout 76, so people always know what's coming with this game. Uh, it's been happening since it first came out, and I yeah. think people were finding like Team Deathmatch files inside the game. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes it ends up being something, most times it is, uh, but sometimes it doesn't. So I guess you could take this all with a grain of salt, but um, within these files we saw the Ranger power, or not power armor, sorry, but the Ranger armor that came with Fallout first, um, and the description said this is included in your Fallout First membership. Then someone found in the files multiple renditions of this Ranger armor, uh, meaning mm. that uh, based off a leak that came out uh, separately, Bethesda may be planning to just monthly send out different skins or armor. Oh, gotcha. And then on top of that, there was another file that was mined, which uh, was, uh, I think it was a, a weird-looking camo skin that you could put on your armor, and it said this offer is exclusive to Fallout First members, which meant that there are going to be offers in the Atomic Shop. Once again, this corroborates with a leak separate from um, this uh, data mining. But pretty much, um, this th- there will be exclusive offers in the Atomic Shop now for Fallout First members. Um, and when you combine that with the free atoms they're being given and then Bethesda pushing towards uh, more, quote, utility items, they call it, mm-hmm. end quote, um, and the free atoms, like I said, it, it's just not a really pretty picture that's being painted here. So um, that's the general synopsis of how Bethesda plans to expand Fallout First. Still no official addressing of the response and maybe potential changes. Um, I guess sometimes it's better not to say uh, something and then have to backtrack that, but instead wait for a plan right. to be in place. But uh, at least an acknowledgement of uh, some of the Fallout First backlash would, would be a, a good starting point. Um, Bethesda actually released, uh, like they do with every patch, it's called Inside the Vault. And patch 14 introduced Fallout First, and uh, yeah, Bethesda did not acknowledge the existence of Fallout First at all, which does not bode well. So, with that general wrap-up, Carrick, what are you thinking about Bethesda's moves lately and their expansion of Fallout First? So, okay, explain to me real quick the... The, the the reason why people are, are not happy about the store, the item, the skin in the store. You explained that there's this, and, and I'm not catching on exactly um, what the issue there is. One is you sign up for the program and you get it. Another and, is you sign okay. up and it's an offer exclusive to you. Only if you're in this program, you can purchase it kind of thing. Oh, you mean you don't get it free. Only if you're in the program will it show up in your store. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay, because originally I was going to be like, people are freaking out about nothing, but that's weird. Yeah. So if you... Like, you know those grocery stores where you sometimes have to have their card to shop there? Yeah, right. Kind of like that. Oh, yeah. I don't... That's... I guess they're just trying to... That's not even adding value to first. I don't know. That's I don't know what they're doing ever, though. I, as yeah, in, even when I see their years, stuff, yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, I didn't even know that. I don't even, that's just really It's been odd. a quiet leak, and I think it's because a lot of people were initially mad about just it existing, and like the internet is, they kind of just oh, right. go away for a little bit, and if Bethesda does something publicly again that's stupid, that's when it all... Then it pops up. Yeah, yeah. and so, um, th- like I said, this, this leak has kind of gone on quietly, because I don't think people care as much about what's in Fallout first, they just know Fallout first sucks, but I, I more so wanted yeah. to talk about it. Uh, again, in the podcast, aside from my video, just because I feel like um, for, for this to 
exist and for it to continue to evolve with no comment or addressing of the backlash. Oh, right. Uh, I just find it a little bit concerning. Um, you know, and, and like I always say, I don't think Bethesda needs to cancel the service, just like I didn't think they need to cancel Creation Club. Like, these two programs could be great ideas if yeah, right. uh, if priced fairly, quite honestly. Um, that's like the biggest plague of Bethesda is they are they are historically bad at pricing things. Like, the items <laughs> in the Atomic Shop, overpriced. Creation Club, overpriced. Dude, it's like they've yeah. taken Australia's prices, but then popped them on to yeah. us. You know how Australia yeah. oh, is always God, like 60 bucks versus 80? It's almost like the person doing their math I know. is over there. And they're like, 80? And so they're like, okay. And you're just like, damn, that's a lot, man. Yeah. So that's kind of what's been going on with Bethesda. Um, and I thought, not really in an act of spite, but... A lot of the conversation between Fallout, Bethesda, and, and their future has always tied, as of lately, to the Outer Worlds. And so we have a question here from JK1107, who asks, If Obsidian decides to develop a sequel for the Outer Worlds, what are you hoping to see? And what are you hoping they improve upon? Like I said, I, I thought this could tie in nicely just because the discussion seemingly always leads there nowadays because yeah. people just want to see Bethesda go back to making those style of games um, so Carrick we've both finished this, this game I'm in the middle of a second playthrough right now um, are you doing Supernova? Uh, I'm doing it on hard right now um, okay. just because yeah. this is kind of like my mess around playthrough and I'm saving Supernova mm-hmm. for like a video or two and so um, I have yet to dive into that aspect but uh, is there anything you were hoping to see in a sequel or, or something they can improve upon for a sequel yeah, they... oh i apologize no i was just gonna say i know it's a little soon but um it's always always fun to get these balls rolling they could fix the hud um hiding elements of the hud you either mm. hide it all or a couple elements and i like to play with like a minimal hud i agree and it's sort of messy and so when you turn it off strangely enough not only does it turn off the hud and everything but even interaction prompts when you get close to something hmm. it's very it, it it would be nice like ubisoft games where you can go in and dial that in. You can just be yeah. like, I want this to alert. I want that. That would be fixed. Uh, up close attacking should need should be improved. I think a lot of people pretend that every other game's up close uh, weapons like swords and stuff are magically amazing. They're really not. Mm-hmm. They're you know most of them are not super strong. But I would like to see Outer Worlds improved. It it never felt great. You know, using yeah, like I, yeah, the I light sword, yeah, yeah, or the science. I got one of the science, the science hammer or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was just like it never, it wasn't horrible. It just wasn't great. And then, uh, you know what? Honestly, no, I would not want them to make it. It's going to sound weird. I would love for them to do another title with a quick turnaround like this, where it wasn't open world. It was still hub, and it was just more in the same world. Uh, same, sorry, same system, the Halcyon system, and yep. instead of going, now we're doing 10, you know, NPC or party members, now we're doing, instead, I would almost rather have it be like a Mass Effect 2, where you go into it, it takes your save, and it's mm. just sort of new places to go. It would be fun to continue that story and not blow it out of proportion. I don't want to, I, I hope agree. to God they're not like, hey, open world, and you're just like, here I, we go. I completely go. agree. I hope they don't lose the picture when they do right. make a sequel for this game because I know some have sat there and gone like, oh, it's it's too small or whatever. I mean, for God's sakes, but we are spoiled when we're complaining that a 30, 40-hour game is too small. But, right. um yeah, I just Dude, think... I, felt, I don't know about you. What did you think of the length? 
I thought it was. I loved it. I, I loved it, and I don't even say that because it's my profession. Because I know sometimes we all get caught up in the conversation of we got to bounce between so many games that it's nice when one's shorter. But genuinely speaking, like when I was in high school, I liked when games were much longer. But as you get older, and I feel your thoughts start to develop on gaming, you start to realize like it's not just about like how long can I spend my time on this game. Right. It is like my time spent good. And I like a game that respects my time, but in the outer worlds, it wasn't plagued by an issue that a lot of RPGs suffer from nowadays, which is that it's so big that you can hop in and feel like you got nothing done. Yeah, exactly. The outer worlds, I could play for two hours during my review period and feel like, okay, I made some progress. I did this, this, that. Um, and, and, and it was there was a lot going on. Yeah, it was exactly. Like, it, was, it was perfect for the amount of time with the amount of enemies, with the amount of uh, mm-hmm. storylines and quests. It felt full, and it was one to 30 and then done. Yeah. And to me, that was perfect. Yeah, I just think, like, if they're going to increase things, you know, increase the permutations. I, I really like how in the Outer Worlds, uh, in the beginning of the game, you, you can't just pick, like, one or the other. Um, but you can also, like, pick one side and then do some political work and change the leader of a town, kick someone mm-hmm. else out. Like, there's just extra layers. And if they could go deeper with that stuff, I would much prefer that type of focus rather right. than them saying, let's blow it open and go open world. Because I think... They had a good mixture. Like, Monarch felt semi-open world. Like, it felt like that was the open world-ish area. And I like that. You know, if you're going to do stuff like cut out some loading screens, so instead of um, when you go to Fallbrook, there's a load screen, you can just open up a big door or a gate, and you're in a new town. Yeah, that stuff would be great. That's that's like a quality of life improvement. But um, if I wanted things to improve, I guess... um, I've been back and forth on this. I had a discussion with a viewer back when the game first launched about this. Um, I guess I would maybe want the skill system to improve because what happens is like you'll put a point into speech and it kind of makes sense in that regard because now your persuasion, lie, and intimidate have gone up because your ability to speak is better. But then there's ones like you'll increase tech and now your medical, your engineer, and I think something else goes up. And uh, obviously once you hit 50, you start focusing more. But it doesn't change that in the early game. You know, you can't just say, like, I'm going to be a pistol-toting medic. It's like you're going to be decent at everything until about halfway in, and then it's going to sort of narrow your choices a little bit. And that's what I brought up with you and Mallory about the attributes doing the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. You can't make you can't make the super dumb character because they're going to have, like, engineering be good. And you're mm-hmm. just like, that doesn't make yeah, it's not. It doesn't it's, make sense. I want a guy who just stumbled into life. Yeah, you it's know? good for skill checking. It does what it needs to do right. It's just that I think the grouped skill system is something that over time mm, yeah. will hurt the legacy of the game. I think right yeah, now people too. like it. I still like it a lot. It's still far leagues better than most shit we see. But I think it's something that when people start hopping back in, um, I've already noticed a lot of different stuff in my playthrough. So I don't know how how much that also matters, but. Um, I've, I've, I've also realized with this game, like you're, you're, you know how sometimes you get grayed out conversation options if you're like yeah. skills almost there. I've noticed sometimes that, um, it, it's not like always there just showing you it. It's almost, it's like as if your, your skill is close, then it'll do it. Cause I talked to someone in my first playthrough, I was actually editing a video and I saw that conversation and then I was playing the game and because my sneak was higher, I had a sneak option that was still grayed out, but cause it wasn't high enough, but I noted that it had popped up because I was close to it. So um, that's stuff that I think can still go over people's heads when, when we start critiquing the game more as its life goes on. But I think, yeah, you know, these are uh, things that ultimately don't make it a worse game. 
I, I think, you know, it has a very distinct focus and goal and it accomplishes it. Um, yeah, I just ultimately, if anything, I don't want them to change much. Like, sure, make combat a little bit better. Um, but ultimately, don't go too overkill with the, the world size. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Man, your dogs are just, are just sounding Dude, off. somebody just knocked. Let... <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Whoa. Somebody knocked on the door. Yeah. Which is weird because I have a sign now that says, do not knock on the door. Oh, my gosh. And they're just I like... apologize. And they're per... freaking no, you're fine. out. You're fine. Man. You got to go handle them. I can start the next topic. It's no well, the thing is, is if I... Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Okay. Can you go. hear me when I say "shut up"? Uh, you, the first one I heard where you were like, "Okay, ah, I tried, I, I tried to turn it down." I apologize. <laughs> um, I was gonna say uh, about Outer Worlds too. I think um, it doesn't make it a worse game. It, it like if these kind of issues are just like, it, it's not a ten. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a you know for some people it might be an eight or a nine or whatever. And overall, it, uh, it could we could see some improvements, but I would love to see just a continuation in the world. I agree. I just think that would be great. I agree. I really enjoyed my time. I just think limitations allow them to sort of focus on certain uh, certain aspects of the game. You know, if, if all right, I'll if, be right back. Now you're continue. Good. I for those listening, <laughs> um, I think that these limitations. You know, the reason we don't want it to go big is because if it starts to open up too much, then you might lose some of those. Uh, wow, that was quick. You might lose some of those flavorful quests that pop up because I feel like they'll be more spread out. Part of the great part of the outer worlds is is that sort of hits you hard almost immediately with great writing and great quests and i feel like when if obsidian starts to spread itself too thin um it, it just might do more of a disservice to them and the game mm -hmm. as well as the series i know they have money but spend it in the right areas right like spend it on more voice actors uh spend it on more quests don't expand the world i guess just fill out what's there um add more planets that's fine but i don't think going open world would be good for them Let's talk about Death Stranding, Carrick. Reviewing mm. the reviews of Death Stranding. So, as Mike Fury noted, and Mike Fury sounded off with uh, a million and one questions this episode, enough to make my head spin. Um, I tried to include as many as I could, but obviously we want to get other people involved. This isn't the Mike Fury show. He knows that. But he <laughs> says, with Death Stranding at an 84 on Metacritic, will it make enough noise to be in the Game of the Year conversation? And will we play this game? So I believe the Metacritic might be a little bit lower than that. At the time he wrote this comment, it was accurate. But I, I remember seeing a friend of mine say like it was an 81. Um, I'll check. Yeah, you go ahead and check. But overall, Death Stranding, we have not played it. Carrick and I both requested review codes, and we both received the same response as to why we could not get the game, which was that um, they were out of codes, pretty much. Um, and that's something we've heard before, but to me, I kind of, like, scoffed a little bit when I... <laughs> I'm going to name names. When I watched the Kind of Funny Games cast, and I saw, like, six of them talking about all of their progress in-game, I was like, okay, so we gave one outlet six codes instead of... I don't even care if it was me, but, like, you guys didn't think it would be smart to spread the wealth a little bit and get as many people playing and talking about the game? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'll sell fine no matter what. Just I thought it was fucking weird. Um, so anyway, did you get a chance to see the full-on Metacritic? I did, 84. It is actually still at 84. Okay, so must have been something I missed then. All right, so, um, I know we don't do number scores, but 
I guess that's our only major talking point here to gauge other people's opinion. We've noted it's been a little bit more uh, polarizing. Are you surprised by that? I'm personally not, but uh, let's just hear your thoughts generally on the scores, what's been going on, and if you're interested in playing. No, that's the exact score I guess it'd be. So right. it was uh, like, that's pretty much what I figured is you'd have some people who 100, 65, but that 85 would be what it's meta ended up. And it mm-hmm. was 85 all morning, then it went to 84. So I guess I was right for a little bit of time. But I think overall, that's... I think the biggest issue, and I brought this up in another podcast, but the biggest issue I have is that I'm seeing a lot of threads, not just comments, but full threads on various forums saying, after watching multiple reviews, I still have no clue why anybody likes it Mm -hmm. or why anybody dislikes it or what the game really is. And um, there was a lot of crouching discussion where you sort of crouch behind the defense of saying two things. One, if the game's not for you, you you know, or the game may not be for you, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's pretty much an idiotic thing to say because no game, no games for everybody. Like that's sort of a, a, a defense, especially if you don't give context of, you know, who might like it. Just because you say this game might not be for you. Yeah, I've you seen that a lot. In your It's not review? for everybody, but they don't say who it's for. They don't say who it's for. And then the other one that was, it really bothered me, and I'll just admit it bothered me because I've never really seen it ever come up. And the people I've talked to who played it, have even admitted it really shouldn't come up is I've seen a lot of people say, um, I like it, but I don't know why, or I I don't (laughs) like it. And I don't know why. And I have to say it's pretty easy to, and I posted in your discord as well as mine, um, Adam Sessler who Mm -hmm. reviewed last of us. And I think he's very good at describing things that are art style, art house style, you know, independent style. Right. I'm sorry, but, you really should never be saying that unless you're saying it to prove a point. Like in a fun factor section, I might say, listen, I know I've explained a bunch of issues. I like it and I don't know why, but I think here's why. But what's going on in a lot of the ones I read and watched, it was more like, huh, I don't know. And then what that does is it leads the discussion into a really uncomfortable spot, which is, are the good reviews paid for, which is the first post I saw on a thread and the thread's like 18 pages now and the second is when people dislike it oh they just hate Kojima and it's like that to me indicates not either one of those it indicates Mm -hmm. that the the review didn't contain the data that somebody could draw a correlation between I don't care about the score you know that like yeah I say it's a buy but that doesn't you know you should listen to the review or read the review from somebody but that indicates to me that they didn't it, for a lot of people, they're not getting the data they need to even know why. And once I read and watched some of these, I would agree that they're they're very nebulous. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird, man. I mean, I I was watching some of them, and I kind of just chuckled a little bit at the same thing of of people telling me I don't I, or I like it, but I don't really know how to describe it. I'm just like you, you know. I look at it as. This game was in people's hands stupidly early. Like, this embargo is lifting a week before launch, and people had had the game four weeks before that. Weeks, yeah. Like, like you had so much time to develop your thoughts and, and put at least a guess on the why. Because um, yeah. I saw people able, able to understand and explain why you wouldn't like it. I saw people saying it's a lot of point A, point B, traversal, yeah. empty world... Not much going on. Very story heavy, long cutscenes, um, but like just emptiness in the gameplay. 
And I think it's because people are very surprised that someone who pretty much pioneered the stealth genre, right, could not put together a competent, uh, exciting, entertaining gameplay system. I, I actually, I genuinely sit in the, the camp of like, I think some people were just dumbfounded. That they were just like, oh shit, like this, there really isn't anything like to this maybe gameplay. something is gonna happen and then nothing happened yeah. the entire way through, and yeah. they're like, maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can, it can, I, I can see them being un- like, uh, what's the term? Like nervous about yeah, it. Yeah, I just, I yeah. think a lot of people felt the heat with this review. I don't know, because I know for sure if I were reviewing the game, I'd be mentally prepared for people to just like blast me either way because you know there's... uh yeah because no matter what you score this you're gonna get hate yeah exactly right and yeah. and as a reviewer that's where you just hit your acceptance point and you go all right kind of one of those i'm fucked either way so i'm just putting it out there and if yeah. you love it or hate it this is what i think um but yeah man i just feel like it's it's weird because it's almost like the review system let us down i just feel like um, it confirmed my, my beliefs of it was a hard sell, which I made a video about and people were like, no, um, it absolutely still is a hard sell. Uh, I confirmed my beliefs when watching the Tokyo game show gameplay that there's not much happening in this world, that it literally is going point A to point B. And there is no depth in this, uh, post-apocalyptic postman, uh, escapade. It's just, it's, exa- it's, I think half of the battle too is it's exactly what it looked like in many ways. Right. Like, it wasn't this, oh, there are camps and you can take people out of some shit. I think there actually might do that in the game, but um, there wasn't that surprise depth that I think people were looking for. Um, um, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I do know this progression systems. I do know that things build up. There's more ways to travel to do your deliveries, but uh, fuck me if that, uh, that sounds so fucking uninteresting. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a shot because I've certainly talked my share of shit. I got to now, but... Uh, Mike Williams from US Gamer. Um, I, I've had him on the channel. I very much like the way he explains things. He's per, he's pretty tactful, like pretty. It's just rat a tat tat. Like I know what he's saying, right. and what he's thinking. And I watched or I read his Twitter, and it was funny because his was the clearest. Uh, and he hasn't beat it, but he stated, "I like the Zen like just moving around this world, and sort of seeing this poster." And to me, I in that short sentence, I was like, "Okay, I at least know." Like, and, and he said more, but I got from his, I was like, okay, I'm seeing why he likes it at least. There was mm-hmm. a bullet point of, I like this. I did find that with the reviews that didn't like it, it was easier to understand why they didn't. Because yeah. I think when you're critical, you you check it off, right? Bad HUD and Outer yeah. Worlds or whatever. But when you, know? you like and then, something, sometimes it's just a system happening. It's unfolding in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, that's why I was. I even tweeted to Adam Sessler, and I was like, I will pay you money to review this. <laughs> like, I will give you cash, because he is very good at art house. And the thing is, is, and I, I did write a long email to all my patrons, but I was like, one of my problems with this is uh, there was a very cool art study where an artist put up a piece of paper on a wall as art in a gallery, mm-hmm. and a bunch of pretentious people showed up and were like, I see a duck flying across, blah, blah, blah. And it happened for two weeks, and then he came out and said, no, you don't. You see a piece of paper. It's just, This is to prove how pretentious you are. And it feels like that's there's a pretentiousness or the game's so artful people can't describe stuff they should be able to describe. For example, satisfaction's hard to describe. I brought this up before. There's certain feelings. I know mm-hmm. what anger feels like. I know what frustration feels like. There are some emotions that are harder to uh, describe, like satisfaction, because that could be... 
I mean, physical, like sexual. It could be mental. It could be finishing a boss in Dark Souls, and you feel satisfaction of doing that. However, a lot of times the ones I was reading or watching, the term satisfaction would just stop. There wasn't a, here's satisfaction because of... It's almost because, like, I want to assume too much, but it's just like, as far as we know, the gameplay system is delivering packages. Do you say the satisfaction was when I delivered the latest postal? Like... Well, that's why I think I Mike explained it right. A sense of like completion. Mike said the Mike said it, the satisfaction and the Zen like almost you know Japanese garden kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I got that. I was like, okay, that actually worked for me. Um, you can put the pieces together. Like you can see the world; it's open, and I could see the idea of what he was saying. But right. a lot of them that I listened to or watched, it it was very. And I personally believe that. Most of the ones I watched or saw should have been able to do that um, because they have in past ones. So, and I talked to two people who reviewed it um, and asked them, and they were like, "No, that's just it wasn't a part of the it wasn't an issue with the embargo or whatever," which is pretty crazy. But they were like, "Because I asked them, I was like, is that an issue with the embargo? I've seen this,' and they were like, "No, it's just sort of the way I felt." So and it wasn't then limiting one like, details people could give. Uh, it was limiting how far you can show. And it was limiting how you could still say details, but there is a pretty big change uh, a ways into it. And yeah, they, makes there sense. was that. That's but what a lot of but people they still saying. they still could have described even that. For example, and I heard you saw I saw your tweet, and I haven't seen this by the way, but I saw your tweet that somebody said it's it gets good ten hours in. Or so. what did you say? I actually have one of the examples right in front of me. Uh, this, this comes from CNET. I don't have a name to attach to this review, but it says. I just screenshotted this brief paragraph. It says, but then I'd say around 15 hours in, something weird happens that my lizard brain, in an attempt to somehow make sense of the time spent brainlessly trudging through this universe, none of that's positive, by the way, slowly began to convince me I was enjoying the experience. I'd then say by 20 to 30 hours, I was in the full grip of a powerful Stockholm Syndrome. Not only was I enjoying the brain-dead labor of Death Stranding's endless, grueling fetch quests, but my internal dialogue was lauding them with hyperbolic praise. I was in love. Okay, well, there are games like that, you know, that I, I mean, you could compare it to like MMOs with like daily, uh, you know, dailies or whatever, and people like them anyway, and you can't figure out why. Yeah. Games, with, I guess games MMOs, grind or whatever. dailies, if that's our example, would work in my opinion, because it's like, oh, okay, you know, you're progressing your character. So this one would probably be progressing the world. Do you care about the yeah, world? Yeah, traveling maybe? deeper into the world. Yeah. yeah. Again, I personally believe it would have been easy to say the exploration of the world is one of the highlights of the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and then you give the context to where you're headed. I, I Again, it is we're going to have to see once everybody gets hands-on with it. Um, it, it, it it's it's difficult to really know exactly what the issues were, but at least the people I talked to didn't really seem to think that something magically, it's almost like what you just wrote, what, sorry, not you, but what CNET wrote is that it's I, it, Stockholm's pretty harsh. That's a pretty <laughs> harsh thing to say. You know what Stockholm syndrome is? Yeah. It's it's yeah. And so that's pretty harsh to say that's pretty raw, but um, you know how it is where, so first of all, no game should take more than an hour to get started. That's the first thing. Yeah. But, um, I would say there are games I've played where, like, there was something there I enjoyed. 
Yeah, like, um, but uh, I don't know if I'd say a game's worth buying because of that. But I would exactly. mention that that fun someone game. someone gave me a good example. They were like, Matt, what's the difference between this and Persona? Like, you're quick to say like, well, Persona starts slow, but it gets really good. I'm like, first of all, number one, the developers of Persona don't tell you wait 30 hours, it gets good. Um, but, right. But number two is that Persona, there's a story, there's a world you're interacting with, there's gameplay elements that they're teaching you. Um, all these elements, by the way, can be applied to Death Stranding. I just think, quite honestly, Persona would offer a lot more. So there's a lot more pulling your attention. So an hour and one... And I don't feel it took 10 hours, Maddie. No, it did Persona. not. It, it took Not maybe, even close. It, it, you know, it would take two. Yeah, as far as I'm yeah, concerned, at most. Yeah. yeah, and so it, the difference too is like in that first hour, maybe you're learning about the world. Like any game, that's fine. That first hour is fine. Hour two, you're now in a dungeon, so now you're exploring. Then you're out of the dungeon. They're showing you a social link. Like it's the way the elements are rolled out, and it sounds like with Dead Stranding, sort of what you see is what you get, and then yeah, those systems build, and it's like, but you're still delivering, right? Like it's still the same thing, just you're doing it in different ways. Um, which I don't know if that's terribly exciting. Uh, which brings us to a, a good question still from Mike Fury, because we, we did talk about whether or not we plan on playing it. But uh, we didn't really talk about, will this game make enough noise to be in the conversation for Game of the Year? Um, this is going to be a weird one, because 84, as far as I'm concerned, does not sit in that Game of the Year chatter. But we know Jeff Keighley's relationship with uh, Hideo Kojima, Jeff Keighley does not pick, by the way, what games are in the Game of the Year uh, talk. Um, but on on the same side, man, like it's it's up to the, the people who vote. Do you I know can't... who's on that list, Maddie? <laughs> who vote? Oh God, let's see. Jeff Gerstman, who hates the game. Oh boy, and I mean hates it. Like wow. he in his podcast, he's like, it is absolute shit. So I don't know. I have no clue if it'll be. I didn't realize he meant the game awards. I thought he meant ours. I guess I just view that as the more yeah, I don't right. want to say definitive, but uh, the bigger game award show that like yeah, no, you're I think right. it's that and Dice. Those are the two that really catch my eyes for awards. Personally, I can't speak for everyone else. Um, I, I just I see this being in the talks just because of its namesake, its popularity. Score-wise, as far as I'm concerned, if they do this, then it's going to create a whole conundrum because there's there's so many 84s that pass by. That 84 is a great score. It's a great score by every stretch. But um, that's not like Game of the Year status. Like, The Outer Worlds, I think, was an 85 or an 86. I love The Outer Worlds, but personally, I don't know if it should be up for Game of the Year. It's my personal Game of the Year, but I don't know if it's a Game of the Year. Like, that's reserved for titles like... um, Resident Evil 2 will say, um, like a very complete AAA experience. Um, and that's coming from someone who's not like, a, I like the game, but I, I'm not like, I love it, you know? So, stuff like that. And every person who votes Game of the Year did get this game. That's another difference. Some of the people who vote Game of the Year wouldn't have got some of the games we may have played. Mm-hmm. And so, you have that as well. Where um, it, So, if your sample size is smaller, then the definition of like, what right. is a as a number one game could go your score requirement could go down i'm sure it'll be in there but i don't i mean it's an art house style game so i could see somebody being like yeah man this (laughs) fucking block of wood is the greatest thing ever but i don't know if all the people and from what i've seen from what i've seen if it's a group of people at any company uh multiple ones don't like it so i don't see how 
it would win just because I think when they vote, there's so many people who don't mm-hmm. that I don't see it popping up. And, and it seems to me like the people who don't really don't. If that makes sense, like yeah, at least it's the one extreme I've seen. or the other, as, as far as yeah. I've seen, I've never, I've seen, I think one seven, which I would define as a, a very in the middle of the road type of review. Sure. Like I like some things, I don't like some things, but for the most part, it's been like he nailed it, the team nailed it, they did it, and then other people are like, what the, like this is really boring. Like I do not like this. It's really bogged down. But the general consensus for those who do care about Death Stranding is that the story is pretty good. I think I think most reviews I've read, even for the people who didn't like it, were like, yeah, the story kept me pretty attached. I also heard, I think the embargo apparently um, said, like, please don't review the game until you complete it. Yes. Because, yeah, right. which, you know. They for sure said that. Yeah, which is good. I think that's a, that should be a standard in all reviews. Uh, but just know, ladies and gentlemen, for most who are reviewing the game, I, I imagine they, they actually did complete it. And they certainly had it was the fucking also- time. And it was also done because of the switch that happens later. Gotcha. Because they, Sony was very adamant that you don't review it prior to the big reveal okay. and the stuff that's occurring. Gotcha. Which is uh, a three chapter. I think it's three or four. In fact, I think it's three chapters in, which is why after chapter three, you're not able to show stuff. Mm, makes sense. So, yeah, it's a weird embargo, too. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our next topic where we're going to dive into some Ubisoft. So allow me to just fire in the timestamp here and get us an article. They have five games in development for next-generation consoles. That means the Xbox Scarlet, the PlayStation 5. Uh, This information comes from Engadget. During a recent earnings call, Ubisoft CEO and co-founder Yavis Guillemot announced that the publisher... I I feel feel like everyone always tries to say his name in a funny way, and I, I apologize for that. Your normal guy with a normal name. Announced that the publisher is uh, uh, working on five games for Microsoft's next Xbox console. According to Game Informer, three of the five titles are Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, and Rainbow Six Quarantine. I said Quarantine. (laughs) Quarantine, uh, which will be released on both the Xbox One and upcoming Xbox, which is codenamed Scarlet. Um, Okay, so... Three of those games we already know of. Um, they were the ones that received a delay. We covered this last week, how um, Ubisoft bumped them all back to ensure quality. They took a big hit in their stocks, but they told their investors, hey, look, you know, we're going to try to get a return on investment here by making sure these are the highest of quality. Um, so since we kind of extensively discovered, uh, discovered, discussed, I can't speak this podcast. I'm so tired. I do <laughs> apologize, everybody. Um but since we've extensively discussed this, um, let, let's look into what these two missing games could be. Um, now, I think one's pretty obvious. It's got to be the new Assassin's Creed game that leaked previously, the, the Ragnarok one that uh, I think was supposed to be based off Vikings. Yeah, I did hear about that. Okay. And do you have any ideas of what maybe another uh, one could be, like Splinter Cell? Yeah, I mean... That's the thing about Splinter Cell is there's the VR supposedly title and a couple other things coming for Splinter Cell, but I'll, that would be my guess. It would just be my guess because that's probably what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could also see them doing, and I know this might feel early for people. Well, they probably wouldn't do a For Honor two, but I know For oh. Honor has done well for them when they've repaired it now. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are really liking that it doesn't feel like a Ubisoft game. That was brought up a couple of days ago, where people are like, "Listen, yeah, it's fun." They get shit for being the same. Like Far Cry feels like Breakpoint, but they're like, "Dude, 
really, that game doesn't feel like their other games. It's completely separate. Um, yeah, so which I think they deserve kudos for that. And uh, I, I would like to see them do a sequel to that, but I don't think it will. I think Splinter Cell is the only one that really makes sense to me overall. I just right. don't know how it's sold. Like, I don't know if it's got the... You and I may want it. I just don't know if it's got the commercial. I don't know how much I really want it. Like, I liked Blacklist oh, a okay, lot. I Black, Blacklist was very good, but, like, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, my God, more Splinter Cell, please. Like, I just, I liked right. it and kind of moved on. Um, but then again, I'm I'm very partial to how Dishonored it is as a, a stealth series. Maybe it's something with first person. Um, mm-hmm. Thief, great series. So I, I guess I like more yeah. first person in my stealth. Um, no, that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah, but but that does not mean that I would be unhappy if it were a Splinter Cell because Blacklist right. was fantastic. It was like replayable and how you could explore the levels. So I'd love to see what Ubisoft could do all these years later. I'm more excited at the idea of Assassin's Creed though on next gen consoles. Um, I do wonder if they're going to do the split like they did last year. For those who don't recall, when Xbox One and PS4 launched, they did the Unity and uh, Rogue. I think it was called Split. And um, one was for the last-gen consoles, one was for the next-gen consoles. Unity, when I reviewed it, was not... Like, I didn't have any issues with that game. It's the weirdest thing ever. And, like, mm. no one no one actually ragged on me for my review, because you could tell how genuine I was like, yeah, I like, I really like this game. It was really fun. Like, And I, I went through a whole breakdown of it all. And then I just see all these, like, awful bugs coming out. And it's like, what happened? What did I play? Because um, I remember my friend bought the game based off my recommendation. He was like, dude, like, I can't even hear things. Like, my sound keeps cutting out. Like, he quit the game and everything. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I wonder if they'll split it. I don't. I personally don't think, but um, that's always another possibility. It could just be, like, two Assassin's Creed games. That'd be really mm-hmm. interesting. Although they did say next-gen, but, you know. Any yeah, of those I games like... on the list excite you? Excite you from uh, what we know? I'm saying because we we saw yeah. like, Gods and Monsters, Quarantine, uh, Legion. Other than Gods and Monsters, I, I I haven't been impressed or like drawn to that. But all the others, yes, very mm-hmm. much so. Legion, very much so. I'm surprised Legion, uh, Gods stoked. and Monsters didn't catch your attention just because it's by the people who made uh, Odyssey, and it's Odyssey. got like the Greek mythology implementation there it's kind of and it's very like breath of the wild-esque so it, it just seems like a good type of different that we were just talking about i'm just not a fan of breath of the wild no oh, gotcha that's understandable and i'm not a fan of the graphics mostly of graph uh, that i saw for gods among the the graphics mm-hmm. are just something about them doesn't appeal to me it doesn't mean it won't appeal to me as a game i've played multiple games that like i'm like oh that. graphically this isn't my thing I artistically that. i should say yeah. these people yeah. matter of fact that popped up in your discord yesterday Mm-hmm. Somebody was like, what's the best looking game? And I'm like, whoa, technically or artistically? Yeah. Because those are not the yeah. same thing no, a lot of times. So. Yeah, because like, um, for me, you know, Fortnite, Dauntless, like that art style. Exactly. I hate it. Exactly. I hate it. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. no offense to the artists who work on it. Clearly it vibes with a lot of people, but my God, it does not click with me at all. Like I remember when I, I downloaded Dauntless, didn't know what it was, saw the battle pass, saw the art style. I just ran for the hills. I was like, nope, I'm all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they all interact. I mean, it's Ubisoft. They actually nail it more than they don't. Mm-hmm. Trials. The last trials was trash. Um, uh, Origin. I liked, but I really liked Odyssey. And then, and they patched what they haven't fixed. I liked Division Two a shit ton. Right. Like I really fucking like Division Two. And then uh, Breakpoint, of course, is Breakpoint. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited in what they do. I don't really consider Ubi close. To like Activision or EA because one Not of the reasons either. is Gil Mont or whatever his name is. Um, he does something that's pretty crazy. He reacts fast for a huge company, 
So Absolutely. they had an issue with Breakpoint, and he's like, well, hold the phones. We're stopping everything. Do you think an Activision, Microsoft even, maybe even Nintendo or... Um, I don't think anyone else, to be EA honest. I think would, that's very yeah. much a Ubisoft thing. Dude, and the guy, regardless of what anybody says, the guy's got a lot of passion towards making games that are enjoyable for with people. Mario and Rabbids. I think that's... Exactly. One of the classic example. best games of this gen. Mm -hmm. Like, in the top ten, minimum for that, if not in top five for me. So. Yeah. And absolutely yeah, one of the most innovative, shocking combinations oh, of, like, genres and characters. Just, it's incredible the game happened. That's all I'm saying. It's, whether yeah, you like it or hate yeah. it. Um, it. Yeah, that game, is, <laughs> that game is sweet. I know, I love it. We got a question from Mike Fury. Um, this is just a, a message to all the patrons out here, by the way. Because um, a lot of you ask questions, and I always put the topics in every week. But if you don't want Mike dominating the conversation, maybe you're like, fuck this guy, man. Um, feel free to ask more topical-based questions. Obviously, we can't control the conversation if you don't have questions for that, but just keep that in mind so you can get involved during the show um, and that we can um, spice it up a little bit. But Mike's got another flurry of questions. How would you describe the inconsistencies of Ubisoft, mainly on how different the Division 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint were? Is it laziness, lack of communication, a block on creativity and innovation? And he also mentioned out of the five new Ubisoft games, which ones are we most interested in, which we did answer. So we'll just focus on the the, diff the strange difference, mind you, of the Division 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, especially for Ubisoft, as of lately, normally they, as Carrick mentioned, get knocked for sameness. But we don't see them usually getting knocked for the idea of... Um, I guess a, I'm not, a repetition. I'm not coming through, am I? No, no, you're good. I'll okay, let you know cool, if you do. Cool. Yep, you're good. Okay. Um... But they, we don't really see him get knocked for a sense of, I guess, um, like a repetition uh, of these mechanics overall. I mean, we see overlaps in their games, but I'm yeah. curious what, you, what you're thinking overall on how um, there's an inconsistency here. Obviously, it's such a huge company, so there's multiple teams. There can be that, but um, it's not like them to do like a Fallout 76 and force a game out. It's just, it, it very much isn't. Their style. You mean Ubisoft themselves? Yeah, yeah. At least from yeah. what I remember, I think the last time they had a game this broken and awful at launch was probably uh, Unity. That's like the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, that's um, I mean, they've been guilty of the drastic changes before and after launch. Of course, they kind of propelled that. But you know, I just I, I find this one to be one of the more strange launches. Yeah, I don't know how it got made. Uh, yeah. It also, it also, you know. If I was a movie star, mm -hmm. well, first of all, I'd be riddled with VD. <laughs> but also, I would want the game to be good. And if I hired a movie star, like Josh Barenthal, whatever his name is from Punisher, I would want to make sure that if he was doing my game, it was good. And you got Hollywood who can get in. And you have all this stuff. And there's all these things that indicated to me that they would make sure Breakpoint was better than Wildlands, which Breakpoint really is Wildlands 2. Really. Right. And it it surprises me that we didn't see that. It, mm -hmm. it does feel like maybe behind the scenes there could have been a delay it, but because Watch Dogs was being delayed or something, or because or Watch Dogs already got delayed once, maybe they were stacked too much and they were like, let's do it. But I got to tell you, if I was a QA person there, and I've worked QA uh, remotely or Ubisoft, they're very good at taking bug reports and fixing stuff and looking at stuff and saying okay. that's not ready. I It's really surprising to me. And I don't have, unfortunately, the contacts I used to with that team, uh, the QA team that works remotely. We used to all contact. Uh, we did, um, what's the driving one? Crew. Crew and crew gotcha. two. 
And I'm really surprised that like you don't hear a QA person on Reddit. I really am. I'm surprised somebody hasn't, you haven't had a leak from a QA person to just indicate they knew or um, or anything. There really hasn't been any of that. And mm. so that makes me wonder, like, did they not know? Like, did they? Did they think, you know, did the people they have tested, people they had played it, did they all just miss? It is possible to miss. Yeah. I mean, it is possible that this might be their first true miss. Unity had technical issues. This one had some, but nowhere near. It was gameplay issues. Maybe they just thought it would be good, but it also cannibalizes Division 2. And I think that's a bad move on Ubisoft's part. Yeah, too, it, like open world third person. Oh, dude. Tell me it doesn't feel like Division 2 is in the city and Breakpoint is outside the city. I, I mean, never that's played Breakpoint it, just because I saw your tweets oh, first oh, and gotcha. then I saw the reviews and gotcha. I was like, yep, see ya. Yeah, it does, Maddie. It feel I mean, different HUD, obviously. You know, there's changes to some of the rules. But what I'm right. saying is it still has that DNA to where you're like, dude, this could be outside the city limits and inside <laughs> the city, right? So you could play That's Division, funny. get to the outside, and then boot up Breakpoint. And some things feel a little different, but not enough that you can't tell there's a ton of similarities. So I don't know. Maybe they missed. I mean, it's possible. It's possible seems everybody it. thought they had a great game. It just seems improbable. Yes. All right. We're 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 chugging along here. This is We're doing good on time. Excellent. Most excellent. So um, next we're going to talk about what we're playing. A lot of you got involved on this one. So uh, let's start off with Jake once again. He says, Outer Worlds has been occupying the majority of my free time. I've also been playing Greedfall and Borderlands 3. It's a good trio of games here. I still haven't finished the main quests in any of the games due to working over 50 hours a week, but I'm still glad I have games to look forward to when I get home from work. We're happy for you, Jake. You work hard. You deserve your your free time that you can uh, enjoy however you will. Uh, Q Davis also is playing Outer Worlds. He says it stole all of his attention from Iceborne and that this game is a breath of fresh air. And uh, with that, I believe, I'll double check the Discord in the meantime, but Carrick, you can get us started with what you're playing, but uh, those were the submissions for what you guys were were playing. Oh, we're, sorry, here we are. Enjoying. Empty and made. Sharing what I'm playing. I stopped some 20 hours into the Outer Worlds to replay New Vegas, and I think after New Vegas, I'm going to replay Fallout 3. You are crazy. How do you... Wow. 20 hours in. You're almost done. You're almost done. All right. That, that is the last one. Uh, so what are you playing, Garrick? Um, We've been playing, and uh, this will be where... You got to let me finish, Matty, because you're probably going to give me shit when I start this Call of Duty thing. Uh-oh. Okay, so first of, off, the, first of all, the campaign, there was a bunch of hubbub about, oh, it's going to be like no Russian, and there's a bunch of thought, and it's like emotional yeah, and all the shit. I so I went into that. A bunch yeah, of that, hogwash. That was hogwash completely. Like, that was surprisingly maybe even more so than no Russian, like the, the level from the one game where you mm-hmm. go in and kill. That was, and there were parts, but they felt forced. It felt like, it Let's try to shock him, not like it was yeah. an execution of a moment. Okay, But I got to say this. So in past Call of Duties, there's been one or two that released with no bot support at all. Most have something. So this one has bot support. Well, I'm a big fan of like Unreal 1999 with a bunch of friends and doing bots. And so I got the game and I got some people from the Discord. And I'm like, let's jump in, crank the bot difficulty up and uh, play. One of the major reasons why is all the guns are locked in that game for levels. So if you want an AK-47, I think the one I want is 44, level 44. So Mm -hmm. you're talking many hours. But in multiplayer, 
when you go into a bot match, you can switch them out and pick them up and you, you can try them out and all this stuff. Gotcha. So we go in and we start playing and dude, bravo overall, but bravo to the guy who programmed the AI. It's good. Because dude, the first thing we see, we come out over a thing. The first thing I see is myself dying and they go to the kill cam and this bot shot me like through a slat of wood across the courtyard uh, and I was hiding behind a box. But he ran up to it and actually look, you could see the AI look, look away, then look back and fire at me like a real human does the double take where you're like, gotcha. that's, a, that's a head. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. But then we kept playing. Mm. And they leap out of windows onto cars. They flank you. They double flank you. They pincer you. They do crazy shit. We were doing domination. And we were like, we got A and B. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, our guys are going forward. Because there was four of us with two bots, I think. And I'm like, they're going forward to C. Let's go forward. So we start going forward. And then all of a sudden, A starts blinking. And we're like, huh. they're taking A. And they fucking adjust. They, they lay down. So you'll come around a corner. And there's a dude like... <laughs> hidden behind a car, laid down. You're like, is that a bot? And it's It was fucking so fun. So we had the entire Discord in there. I saw playing. you playing it over, or over the last couple of days. Uh, you saw me what? I saw you playing it. Like, I saw you oh, on my yeah. friends list and would say you were playing Modern Warfare. Dude, it's ridiculous. It's And here's the thing that I like about it. It taught me the guns I wanted to use in multiplayer. Gotcha. Because in multiplayer, you go into Call of Duty, and unless you're 13 and riddled up with Adderall, the chances of you being dribbled for the first three or four or five fucking hours is actually quite high. And as you're trying to learn how the new game plays, because the mm -hmm. new game has mounting, which is weird, which is where you just you get behind cover, but you have the gun mounted. And so it's harder to hit you. And humans are playing this one. And I've seen a lot of complaints and I agree with them multiplayer. But I went in and I lost the two multiplayer matches right away it was like right. zero 15 deaths i just got smoked but i realized oh some of the things i learned from the bots they don't do but some of the skills i'd learned from killing the bots translated over so i adjusted and when i was done i was like number one multiple times like 30 and no deaths or 25 and five deaths. like i was doing very well but that was because i had been able to jump in and learn some of the guns so when i picked up a gun normally in multiplayer i'd pick up a gun for the first time and you're like, yeah. how does it aim? Fucking people are leaping everywhere. And because you're able to go in there with that AI and it plays well and it teaches you, oh, at, at alley A, this is a bad place to go mm -hmm. or this is a good place to go. Dude, it has been a pleasure to play that. And it's cool. funny because multiple people in the Discord are like, I don't like the multiplayer very much. I don't like or, you know, with randoms. Um, I don't like the campaign or I beat it already, but I've actually seen multiple people say this adds a huge level of uh, replayability because you can get your friends. I'm not saying by yourself. That'll let you learn. Mm -hmm. It's not as fun by yourself. But when you get a couple people in there and you just fill it out and you crank up their difficulty all the way, and there's even a mixed setting, which I don't remember if the last ones that had bots did, but it, it takes random settings for the AI. So you might meet a shitty one. But we had one dude that four of us were coming around a corner, and that dude was acing us. Every, and it was awesome. We were like, <laughs> his name's like Guamaro or something. We're like, that motherfucker needs to die. And so it became like this thing, almost like when a person shoots you and you see like 
Joe Bob killed you, and you're like, I'm going to get that guy. Right, right. But it was the it was the bots, and that was very fun. And all of those skills translated to the multiplayer against humans. It was it it really does add a level of uh, value to the title that um, the past AI just did not do. And I'm not saying they're as good as humans. I'm saying that they're better, and they do things much more. Um, Ran, uh, not random, they have more variety. The lay down, the creep, slowly mm-hmm. going around corners. They don't just run around. Um, they do fuck up. There's one map where they're completely broken. They, Your guys will, your AI will hide against a fence, and their AI will, and you'll just see four of your guys and four of their guys. And you have to kill them, and then they'll never do it again. But at the starting of each time, they they somebody didn't do the pathing right. And the AI thinks... They can get through that fence, and they just stand at it, and they're like, what the fuck? And they die uh, once, and it's almost like it learns. Okay. But uh, shooting's good. Um, mounting's good. Multiplayer maps are unremarkable as fuck, though. Dude, no one is going to remember any of these multiplayer maps in a year. Not yeah, a single one. when I was playing, that was my first complaint. I was, I was going they through the multiplayer. They are just... And, yeah, they're... they're <laughs> it, it's... You know, I always think, like, the good design of a multiplayer map is when there's a lot of paths that you can travel and that there's a central point for skirmishes. Not tunnels, but, like, I played this one cave map and I was like, what the fuck is this? Because there's a trench, there's, like, 40 houses up on the high ground, there's caves, there's secret paths in the caves, there's gigantic open spaces in the caves, which just doesn't encourage movement. A lot of the, the maps encourage you to just sit in place and that's a the, huge the mount problem. system that mount system is huge now and yeah. if you play you played against people or against people uh, or sorry randoms or your friends randoms and we, yeah i it, it's crazy i watched an interview with someone from infinity ward and they defined when they created the maps and this this actually like pissed me off i saw them say um we wanted to create a safe space for players to you know learn the game on the map and we increased the time to kill so that you know it was it was newer players could come in and do well and i'm like i'm so sick of hearing this man like what happened to just like i'm not asking people to be fucking elite but what happened to just learning you know call of duty is a a point and shoot type of game you know it's really i don't know how much more your hand needs to be held than that right i, I don't know yeah, and you know they don't name the things right. They have it's a hodgepodge when you go into the multiplayer. It's just like menus are everywhere. The filters, oh my god, the filters. Really but weird. what they should have done is they should have named something training, <laughs> and it should yeah. have been the bot maps or or the bots or something they because the bots are actually like that, I think they did they did and the bots are three levels in I think you go to like mat private match and it's only in private. That's another thing. So you have to it has to be a friends. Right. Um, and you don't level up, which is fine. But um, I would agree. They do, the the mounting system is so powerful. When somebody gets mounted at a doorway, to, to flush them out, it does. It, it requires strategy, which is cool. But it also slows the game down in a weird way that doesn't feel. The thing it is, feels weird. Is I've seen know. a lot of people go out of their way to compliment this game, being like, "Man, I love how Call of Duty slowed it down, changed the pace." And my theory has always been, I don't think the speed of the game was an issue since they got rid of, like, jump packs and shit, because that eventually added, I think it turned a Twitch shooter into something that was, like, far beyond what, like, you could just comprehend as a human. But what happens is now that it's slowed down, I just look at other games that slow it down, like Siege, and go, that slows it down the best. 
you know that's a and it has destructible shooters. terrain exactly like it, it it's like call of duty almost yeah. regressed in my eyes to a place where i see so many other shooters doing something better at least with call of duty i yep. knew i could rely on a little more running gone action even if it got tedious but that's that's a franchise that's been going on for how many years like that's that's gonna happen um you know, and I appreciate their ability to experiment. It's really the first major experiment. I just don't think it's helped the series. I think the time to kill in this game is is fucking absurd. I mean, I was I was sh- I was shredding people, man. In my first match, like I was, I aimed and like two shots hit before I was fully aimed in, and he died. I was like, oh fuck, like, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Yeah. It wasn't even a headshot. He just he just died immediately. Well, I don't you think War. that's the tit for tat of it, where they're trying to make it so you can mount but also make the kills quicker and so they're trying to get two birds with one stone and neither stone is actually got in a yeah. good way yeah and, I, and, and infinity ward has historically like caught cod four mw2 yeah. those games stick right. out in my head more so mw2 like immediate games in my head that are like oh right you, you die fast you know yeah, right. it's right. always right. been like that i don't like ghosts i didn't play much ghosts but it, absolutely mw2 was like the the, the shining symbol in my head of a, a fast time to kill. And this game's got that, which isn't the worst. Um, but I'm just... I wasn't... I grabbed. Last year, something about Call of Duty grabbed me. And I think it was, like, the maps, the movement. There was something about it. Look, like, I just don't... Especially nowadays, I just don't sink 150 hours into anything. I don't. And Call of Duty last year was one of my most played games. Granted, I played competitively, so... Are we talking about uh, the four, the yeah, online? Yeah, last only? year. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to and, and like I said, this was just multiplayer. And it was with my friends. It was through the games, battles, matches that I always talk about. I know there's a bit of a difference there, but still, like, there was something there that kept me going for that long compared to now where I picked it up, I played 10 matches, and I was just like, hmm, okay, I'm going to go back to the Outer Worlds. And, and I usually have a lot more patience to Call of Duty. Because you know, yeah, I can I critique the, maps... the series, but um, I, I know I like certain things about it and do go back to play it because I enjoy it. Yeah, I think the maps are... There's something about that. I, I don't it's know. It's the maps, I mean, movement, I... and time to kill. None of it mixes well together. It's just bad design. I... Yeah, I had I had no problem having the occasional like side battle or whatever, and I had some enjoyment there, but there... It's for me. If the maps were fixed, it might fix the time to kill, depending on how the maps were done. Right. Even though the time to kill is sort of weird, but the mount system with the maps with the time to kill is overkill. There's just something going on, and those maps, dude. They're uh, bridge. I like everybody else hates. I actually like because I like being on the bridge and fighting people mm-hmm. off. Like it's a fun, and I get why people hate it because you can get sniped from eight miles away and all this crazy shit. And then uh, right. a couple others. Also, I don't know if you saw this. There's a couple multiplayer maps that absolutely should have a warning. Do not play with a certain amount of people or over. There's the <laughs> bathhouse or bath or showers. Dude, you I would spawn in and it was just like it, it's I swear to god the maps only like fucking 150 feet and there were just like 14 people and you'd spawn in and just god god and so a lot of times I was just I would equip the rocket launcher, spawn in and fire it without even oh, aiming god. and I would kill like three people. I'd just be like boom, triple kill and then I'd die and then come back in double kill and then I'd die, shoot it, miss. Oh my gosh. That to me isn't a good map. They and that's a, all multiplayer games should say recommended with this many players too. Yeah. Any multiplayer yeah, I game. That. I wish they'd do that and be like best with this many. Um I have not done the open big one though. 
at all that I'm doing that today. The uh, what's the big war? map? Yeah, I've not it's done that, just, but I hear that's the worst actually. It's so. ju- it it tell it tails onto the argument I was making earlier. Like, okay, it slows it down. I could go to siege. Ground war is like trying. It's it's ex- exactly like battlefield. Like you spawn in, mm. ton of people. Maps are huge. Five control points. There's uh like people are so hopping in vehicles right away. Bad. Black. I love Battlefield's time to kill. In my eye, even though I like playing Call of Duty competitively and that I'm best at that, I always loved like Battlefield Three, Battlefield right. One. Like there's just something about it rewards you for actually being able to aim your gun, I guess, which I think is the minimum you know a shooter can do. Um and so I feel with the time to kill and how the maps are designed because here's the thing is like in battlefield and i don't don't quote me on this because maybe and you might know this but i don't know if call of duty accounts for bullet drop it does not that i've seen well wait no sniper rifle or rpgs sniper rifles i'm talking rpgs do so i don't know if sniper rifle i I haven't even equipped a sniper rifle in the game it's always been assault Maybe someone was really good, but I remember when I got sniped on one of these maps, I, I forgot, it's like some factory-looking place. Um, the person's aim was, like, not ahead of me and shot and dragged the bullet into me. Like, it was on me. And it made me think when I saw that, and like I said, it could have just been a kill cam bug, so I don't want to get too hyper-focused on it. But when I got killed that way, I was like, you know, these weapons are too good for the type of game style right here. Yeah, right. Because in, in Battlefield... The maps are huge and open, but you can run in the open area because someone has to be fucking good at sniping to hit you. They have to aim like two feet above your head to the right, account for wind, the drop, where you're running, and then hit that shot. So when you die... I don't think that's in this. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. If it is, gladly I'll eat my my words, but when I saw the kill cams, I was getting shot from a mile out, and it was just like dead on. And when that happened, I was like... Okay, I mean, look, you know that the game, the guns just aren't sinking with the mode at that point because then you can just post up anywhere and and one shot someone from a distance because you don't need to account for drop, which is one of the hugest parts of why the open area of the maps can be fun to play in. But if you make them dangerous, then it, it's an issue. It's a big issue. Uh, I was killing people with the snub nose M4 from a long ways away, and admittedly, if you see army people who've trained, they can do really well within a, yeah. a true, you know, but. I was hitting people a long ways away, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I did, never aimed above. That's head. another thing I think Infinity Ward struggled with. I think of the model 1887s from MW2. They were these just gig- these like shotguns that when you you shot, you'd like roll them around your fingers almost, and you could use them akimbo, and they just had insane range. And a lot of people defended it, saying, "Well, in real life, shotguns have range, and like there's a model shotgun in this game that has insane range." Like Infinity Ward just doesn't get time to kill and range down ever first try like those those guns need to be nerfed just because wouldn't it be oh no i was just gonna say just because like you don't want to shot like shotguns in real life yes they do have range you can blast someone from a decent distance and still take them out but in a video game yeah right shotguns are supposed to be up close yes shotguns are like barrel stuffers you're you're within like a five foot radius and there you can shoot and kill i would like it that if you did a uh game with your friends Mm mm-hmm uh, or a private match, you were able to actually adjust damage done by guns or something like that. It, and, uh, they've never done cool. it. And I'd, it cool. would be awesome to have a slider and just be like, I don't want to add health. I hate that shit. For some reason, adding health bothers me. But if I want to turn the lethality of the guns up and down a little bit, like Arma allows you to, I right. think that'd be great. Because you could adjust that TTK and then go, okay, does this feel better? And even the devs could do that and go, you know what? 
we've played at 80 percent because i agree with you i was i use the m4 day one m4 even though there's oh, tons of guns so more powerful but it's because i can kill people with it that i don't even worry like when a gun when i run out of bullets most of the time instead of like picking up the gun in front of me i'll just reload my own because there's no real reason Mm-hmm. Other than the Odin is what it's called. That is sort of a man chewer, I've noticed. But I don't really need gotcha. to switch out guns, which I think is a problem. You should have, to, or not have to switch out guns, but notice a difference. And I haven't noticed a huge yeah, difference. There's also like equipment I noticed off the bat. There's this one thing you can do that's yeah. like an ammo box. So you can. Yeah, that's what I have. And yeah. then, once again, that's something that's like not useful in certain modes. But when you're playing ground war, it's useful because then you're more hunkered down. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I like. I, I'm a little milk toast on it because it it can. I can see. I think about it now, and I could see myself really liking it. But it's because it's got like Battlefield DNA. You know, I I loved Battlefield for a very long time, um, much long, uh, much more than Call of Duty. And um, I guess that DNA in there excites me. Um, so I'll have to give it another run again, probably tonight, just to kind of unwind. As, as I'm sure a lot of people can tell, this episode I'm pretty tired. So do you uh, do PS4 or PC? PS4. That's where uh, that's where Activision sent me the code. Um, that's where uh, a lot of my friends were playing, and that's where my game battles team is. So, gotcha. Well, if you don't have, um, if you can't get friends or whatever, make sure to contact me because I have no problem jumping in and okay. seeing. And we can do. I mean, if you want, we can just throw. We can go randoms, but we can also try bots, and you can see and just see like how you feel. Like, yeah, I mean, if I like it enough to spend sixty bucks on it, <laughs> you know, yeah, why the hell not. Um, another game yeah, I've actually. Game. Uh, yeah, it really is. Another game I've actually been playing is on my Switch, and uh, it's one that I don't think people are, are going to be expecting, but it's one I definitely want to talk about. It's called, uh, have you heard of Ring Fit Adventure? Oh my god. No! Yeah. No! Why? No, I'm just joking. It's fine. But yes, it's, I know what that is. <laughs> it's actually hilarious how is much it? of a video game it is, but actually how much of a workout it is. Gotcha. And, and and this is coming from someone who I would say is in good shape. I, I exercise at a minimum four times a week. I make sure I do because I sit in this computer chair a lot. You want to get the heart going. And I was like, I bought it on a whim. My girlfriend was really into it. She was like, we should definitely do this together. I was like, uh, I mean, look, you know, Wii Fit was cool, but I used it for a <laughs> right. week when I was in eighth grade. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to eating junk food and skateboarding. Um, but in my new mindset, I was like, this could be really good, and it was 80 bucks, but it comes with, and this is for the uh, the visual viewers here. Carrick, you'll see it as well. Hold on. Let me let me unstrap this. I'm sure for our, our audio people, this, is, this sounds very uncomfortable. Um, anyway, this is a, a ring con it comes with. So it's pretty much, these are the two handles, and there's this resistance band that actually, like, you pull it, see, like, oh, it's okay, very, it's very, like, well made, I guess would be the best word. It, it's surprising. Like when I started squeezing it together for certain exercises, I was like, "Holy smokes, man! This thing is is tough," which is mm-hmm. good. Uh, on the top here, your Joy-Con connects to that, um, and pretty much it uses the sensors in here to detect motion with this. And it's very accurate, by the way. Very like I'm shocked once again how accurate this is. So there's that, and then right here, once again for the visual viewers, there's this uh, leg strap. So this kind of goes through like this wraps around your leg and you put in one of your joy cons inside Mm. um this little sleeve here so you have one attached to your leg and you have the ring con in your hands so what will happen is when you run around in the game you actually run around in real life it's kind of crazy um so (laughs) 
to go to point A to point B, you have to like run in place, which actually gets your heart going. And you can't just like kind of jog lightly in place because the sensor is detecting how far your leg's coming up. And it's, like I said, once again, very accurate. So I, I was testing it. I was like, let me see if I just kind of like hop in place a little bit. And I was like, nope. Let me see if I just move my legs a little bit. Nope. It's like you got to actually jog in place, which I thought was was really cool. And then you'll bump into enemies along the way. And to fight them, you've got to do workouts. So um, there's there's uh, one you can do where you squeeze the ring con above your head. And it's like a deltoid workout. And each time you successfully do the move, it rates you on, like, I think, good, great, and excellent. And when you do an excellent, it, which means you're having the best form, like you're taking your time with it because it fills uh. up a bar and you release at the right time. It gives you more damage to the enemy. So essentially you're doing less reps, but they're cleaner. So it kind of encourages a good workout. Um, but, you know, the, depending on what difficulty you pick, I think I'm on like 23 out of 30, uh, which is in the what they call, I think, intense. Um, because I was, I, I mean, I kind of over, overestimated myself at first, I'll be honest, but I was like, I work out a lot and this is a video game. Um, it does get you sweating, but it'll make you start doing squats because what happens is when you get into combat, you pick the exercise to attack them with. So um, there's one that I forgot what it's called, but you lower the ring con and you sort of squeeze it together to work out your chest. And the attack spreads three ways. So if you if you are fighting three enemies, this is a good workout to do against those enemies. Um, that's just the adventure mode. You can also just set up like a straight up workout if you just want to use the game for that. But I've enjoyed like killing enemies, leveling up, exploring, um, running along these levels. There is a story for those who care. But ultimately, um, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's a really underrated game, and it's it's giving me a good cost? workout. Sorry, eighty bucks. Eighty bucks. So it's sixty for the game, twenty for the ring and the strap. Gotcha. And I will say, a little pricey, but very well made. Mm. And um, you're I, getting stuff. Yeah, That's I mean, I, exactly. And I mean, for what it's worth, I'm on day three of using it. You know, because I I run every day pretty much. So I was like, okay, I kind of need to spice it up. And this was my idea, like, okay, let's do a challenge and see, like, how many times I can do this in a month. Um, and, and once it started to be a really serious workout, I was like, okay, I'm definitely putting this into my my routines. Um, so That's for those cool. who are curious, just know it, it does give you a very strenuous workout. Um, and it's not like one of those – because of the sensors, it, it makes sure, it makes sure you, you can't cheat the system, which is the most important part. You know, not that I tried, but uh, I tested. Um, but it's it's awesome, man. It's so cool. Normal game for the Switch is sixty, right? Are yep. they? They're not. They're yeah. So twenty bucks for the for the ring, basically. Yeah, yeah and it comes bad. in like a bigger box. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. And it's what's good is this ring can kind of go anywhere. You can slide it under a bed. You could toss it in the closet. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not it's like not the like Wii Fit crazy. board where it's like that's a much heftier, much more hefty object. Um, I guess the only thing is maybe depending on your floors, you might need like a yoga mat just to, uh, for like some exercises will have you getting on the floor doing like, uh, ab crunches and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you might need something just to cushion you while you're down there, but it doesn't really require anything on the outside, like weights or whatever, which is great. I just like that. There's it's like a fighting off enemies. But I don't know. Yeah, no, it's awesome, man. The fact that you can fight enemies cause it's, it, 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 it the way that they they never discourage you, but the way they rate your attacks. Um, when I do squats, for example, I was it, it would 
tell me, I was like, I went down, went up. It was like, good. I'm like, hold on, let me try it again. Down, up. It's it says good. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not doing it right. So I go like deeper this time. I'm like, all right, feel the burn. And I come back up and it says, it says excellent. I'm like, okay, oh, gotcha. okay. So That's now cool. I got it. And so now, you know, like, okay, this is, this is how low I want to go. Um, it doesn't teach you a lot about the actual exercises like for example with squats like your your toes aren't supposed to be pointed in the game does tell you that but it doesn't tell you for certain stretches and certain uh exercises like don't let your knees go ahead of your toes that type of stuff um and so what can happen is is i feel like some people can start to do the exercises incorrectly and just hurt themselves um so there is a little bit of research i think required on the outside because as far as i've seen with the adventure mode maybe the in-game routine where you can just like customize a workout does teach you a little bit more but um the adventure mode sort of go the adventure modes just go i treat the adventure mode like a circuit you go through they call them worlds you have like a little hub map that you can kind of go through and um it'll tell you when you start up roughly how long it'll take how many calories you'll burn it'll tell you how many uh like certain exercises you did here let me tell you guys i think i have it um what my last exercise was i don't think i have it do i uh, give me one second because I know I, I texted my girlfriend that because <laughs> I was like, "Look, look what I did." Uh, here we are. Okay, so I think this was day one. This was day one, yeah, because I don't have certain exercises. Day one, I did eighty-four knee to chest, so that's an ab workout. I did eighty overhead presses with the with the band. I did fifty-six squats. I did 42 ring presses. I did 14 chair pose. There is yoga in this. Um, I did 10 low ring press, which is like an ab thing to use for defense. Sometimes you have to defend yourself from the enemies attacking. Um, I jogged 630 yards. I dashed for 542 yards. I did knee lifts for 139 yards, which, you know, six football fields, five football fields, one football field. So just think of it that way. Um, it's, It's great, man. It is a hmm. it is a serious workout. So uh, go for it, ladies and gentlemen, if you're on the fence and you want like something to kind of. It's fun too. It gamifies it. Like my girlfriend is the perfect example. She's very much a. I want to exercise. I want to be in shape, but I don't like to, to, to go to the gym or go on a run. Yeah. Like it's just not stimulating. And, and exercise should be fun. So she does uh, like a, a hammock class. And now she's doing this because this is fun to her. So if you're looking Very for cool. a fun way to exercise, this is absolutely where you should go. Um, Carrick, anything else you're playing? No, you know what? It's been, yeah, no, it's just been Call of Duty. My condolences. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the rest of our patron quest. Oh, wait, whoa, 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 Matt, slow it the fuck down. We still got one more news topic. Diablo 4 was revealed. It will release on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. It'll seemingly have a mage, druid, and barbarian class. There are mounts also at BlizzCon. Overwatch 2 was revealed. And we have a question from Natural Calamity, starting off with him. He says, is there any way you see Blizzard redeeming themselves to Activision and to the market of gamers after this recent backlash. You know, it's one of those things where I think it's so politically involved, I don't see it happening. I know it's pretty raw, but I just feel like it's not a, you released a buggy game. It's like, oh, you took a very strong stance on on something political. Okay, that's, 
that's pretty creepy. Um, so I don't think so. I think people always remember this. Are they talking about the China thing mm-hmm. in particular? Mm-hmm. China, Bliss Chong, Hearthstone. We've always known Activision's greedy and all that stuff. So, Yeah, if we're just talking about the China thing, probably it's going to take a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ultimately, I, I just look at it and go, okay, uh, at least Diablo 4 exists. It looks great. I think Overwatch 2 looks great. Uh, Mike Fury, once again, has to sound off with some questions because he likes, he likes his question spam. Uh, what's our favorite Diablo game? What features can they add to Diablo 4 to make it better? And who's our favorite among the three first entries? I guess, well, hold on, Mike. Hold on. Unless he meant class. I think you fucked up and asked the same question twice. Mike's always oh, slipping, shit. man. Mike's always slipping. Mike, he's slipping. Asking all these questions. Now, proofreading. Proofreading. I can't speak. I shouldn't talk. Proofreading. All right. Favorite Diablo game for me? I've only played three, so uh, that's mine. <laughs> what about you? I would say Diablo. Xbox had Diablo. Xbox 360 had which Diablo? Which Diablo did I review? I really I liked it on the Xbox 360. I don't remember which one it is. I am not a huge Diablo fan. Okay. Not even close. Okay. Um, I did play it on the PC, and I liked two, um, a lot. And then I played a version on the 360. And for the life of me, I can't remember which one it was. I really liked it on the console because it was just me and a friend Mm -hmm. running around. That was a very good time. Um, But I wouldn't say I rate any of them better. And I don't think I had any experience with one. I don't think... I think I saw friends play one. But it was not my thing. It still is a little too death pinata for me to really really buy into. Um, So then I think that's perfect for the next question, which is what features can they add? Is there anything you think that they could add, or is it just a style of game that doesn't speak to you? Yeah, it's probably that. You know how we talked about Borderlands, where like you get eight thousand weapons and like you only start picking up you only start picking up purples or something. You know, like yeah, or, or yeah, goals. yeah, yeah. That it happens in Diablo, and I'm a, I get numb really quick to any game with very repetitive gameplay, and I would say Diablo is certainly that. Okay, so probably. Not much, other than maybe a super detailed story, but then it'd be Divinity Original Sin 3 or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it we'll wouldn't even be Diablo action. anymore. Yeah, so it doesn't mean I won't like whatever they do, but um, yeah. I don't see anything that would magically fix it without changing what Diablo is. Did you have a chance to check out the trailer? I did. It's a little more gory, dark. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it reminds serious. me more of 1, actually, because 1 was pretty dark. Yeah, they said, what did the they say? I, I think I read online they wanted the loot chase of one, the darkness and, and grit of two, and I think the combat of three. Like, that's what they were going mm. for with this fourth one. So that seemed really interesting. I like Diablo 3 a lot. Um, I never bothered playing two because I was already in on three. I didn't replay it a ton like a lot of people have. Um, I'm surprised that they didn't... Oh, I can't say I'm surprised, but I was hoping they'd announce Diablo 4 right away for Switch. I think that would be a really good addition to that library because they already have three there, but maybe they're pushing some things technically that the Switch can't handle. Then again, The Witcher 3, so poo on that. Um, what about Overwatch 2, though? You have some interesting information on that one Yeah, this is us. pretty crazy. Um, so on Overwatch 3, while we were in... Uh, or getting ready for this, basically, they announced a bunch of stuff, and one of them, and Maddie says this is somebody that matters, Jeff Kaplan. Yes. Uh, what is he? Do we know? Project is he like just director. Community? Oh, project. Yeah. Okay. Something like so that. So he said, 
So Overwatch 2 was announced, and he said this, which is pretty cool. He says, for all original players of Overwatch, you will get to play on all of the same maps as Overwatch 2 players, including all of the brand new maps. And you will get to play with all of the same heroes. It will be a shared multiplayer environment where no one gets left behind. And then he added, we want to make sure all cosmetics come forward with you. So all progress matters. Nothing gets left behind. No one gets left behind. And... It's single player, or there's a single player campaign component. Yes, well. and ladies and gentlemen, this doesn't look like a, a tacked on thing. There were in the trailer that released. There's a lot of cutscenes. Yeah, um, it looked like structured missions. Um, so yeah, it, there was a lot of co-op elements to it. I believe was mentioned in that article you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just yep. a, a ton of stuff here. Where, look. <laughs> I mean, I adored Overwatch 1 for the first two years of its life. It was, like, probably my most played game out of those two years. It pulled me off of Smite, which, as a lot of you guys know, is, like, my go-to multiplayer game. So that says a lot. Um, I put almost 300, 400 hours into Overwatch, something crazy like that. I, I absolutely adore that game. So I'm excited at the idea of a single-player campaign. That's something I wanted for a while, and it's a main reason why I fell off the game, because I was just like, I just will come back when... There's a story. There's a way to learn more. I don't like leaving yeah. a game to get more information. Like when they released their cinematics, um, they released like lore comics and all that shit. Like I don't care about that. I want to just play the game and learn more in game. That's where it matters yeah. to me. Like kind of that started off when Destiny did the whole grimoire thing, like the whole lore out of game. Couldn't stand that. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, so I'm happy that they have a story. Uh, that doesn't mean it's going to be good. Um, it doesn't mean that maybe the the pve content in the terms of the mission structure doesn't get repetitive but ultimately i'm excited to to go through that world and they also introduced a new pvp game mode called push um where you see this giant robot like moving something forward and then when the team surrounds it like whichever team's winning the battle it'll start pushing that that direction um it kind of reminded me of um can't remember the name of the mode but it's where you like follow that vehicle around that's carrying the cargo it's along a path and there's like multiple checkpoints along the way yeah i know the one you're talking yeah, about kinda yeah kind of similar in structure to that so i'm gonna have to read more on what the difference is there but this news actually just kind of popped up right as we were preparing for the show so that's why we have a little less information on i mean it's uh, exciting they add they add what i wanted which is like single player component they mm-hmm. got co-op and everybody can move forward if they buy it they get it and if they don't they can still play really good package in that manner i i i I think this is the best way to do it because a lot of people when i tweeted out i was like look i know activision sucks blizzard sucks especially right now but um i'm excited at the idea of more overwatch and a lot of people are like i agree but like at the same point what's why would i buy this and now we have a good answer if you just want to play more overwatch multiplayer you're going to get those maps you're going to get that mode it's not going to affect you I think that's very good for the player base. And I wonder if that stuff carries over to the Switch edition, although the Switch edition isn't mm. that good. It's still an interesting thought. So, yeah. lots to toil around with there. Very excited. Hope to see more for both of these games next year. And now, without me getting ahead of myself, we can answer the remainder of your Patreon questions. Let's do this, Carrick. First, I have to reverse my phone and scroll to the top. All right. Mike Fury, we answered a ton of your questions, so I'm giving you uh, your, your apology now that uh, <laughs> we will not be using your, I think, 11 remaining questions. Um, let's start off with Vault 101 guy. 
He says, when do you think PlayStation will now allow downloads on all games instead of streaming? They should know by now the streaming aspect is awful. Even with great internet speeds up and down, it constantly stutters and loses connection. Um, the issue with why this is impossible is because um, a little interesting tip here is that the reason why, for example, because I imagine you're talking about like PS3 games, because you can download, for example, through PS Now, PS4 games. Um, and Kara can guide me here a little bit, but when it comes to the Xbox and its backwards compatibility, let's say I threw KOTOR in there, the disc almost serves as a key to unlock the emulation, and it downloads the game, correct? Something along those lines, and yep. it plays it on the console. You're, so the disc is essentially just a key. It's not running off the disc. Um, so there's a way for Xbox to stream these games through its console, but use the the disc to kind of run it locally, I guess, or, or to unlock it locally. Um Whereas with PlayStation and when it comes to PS3, there's just something with, I guess, the way these games were all made, right? Something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, well, where... it's, it's, it, and it's how the emulator works. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, because some of them, they can't emulate on the PS4 because PS3 had some weird architecture. Mm-hmm. And they they can't get... So it depends on the game. Yeah. Can they get it emulated? Can it work? And some some they can't. So I don't think all of them will ever be. Yeah. I mean, and certainly now that we know Sony's sort of not hedging, but they're... We don't know what their backwards compatibility exactly will be on the next I don't one. I think it'll be as extensive as we think off the bat. I, I off the bat, I don't either. I yeah. think that that to them is just not super important, and I don't think they're going to rush to get PS3 games working mm-hmm. on your local console without being connected and all that kind of shit. Right. AC Denton asks: With EA deciding to release Jedi Fallen Order on Steam. Do you think this could be the start of EA rebuilding a relationship with Valve and bringing more titles to Steam again? I guess this answer it. I guess this answers it, but I'd still like you to discuss it. And he, he links an article to the VideoGamer.com where Jedi Fallen Order is going to be sold on Steam, and that's how they announced it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like what you're seeing is EA trying to cash in on what I call a prestige product. It, it's Almost like uh, I've heard in the press there are these things called prestige pieces where they, you know, it may not get the most clicks, it may not get the most hits, but they're doing it almost as a goodwill garner. And I think EA is trying to cash in on that front. I'm not saying that they're making this drastic company shift just for the sake of Jedi Fallen Order, but I think this coincides well with what Fallen Order stands as for this company. Like, oh my god, it's a single-player Star Wars game. It's not really touched by EA all that much from what we know. It does show some potential. We're seeing now Steam and EA reuniting. I think it's a good story, and I think EA is smart to make the move now rather than wait afterwards, where it looks like they're on the good track rather than reacting to something. That's at least how I'd interpret it. And it's also money. It's just more people. Yeah, true. Uh, there's a good it's chance just... Valve's like paying them, saying, hey, bring your stuff here well, because of the, competition. It's not only that, Maddie. It's just some people don't want to have Origin on their PC. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to download something else. And if it's on Steam, I'm sure they are looking at Uplay too. Because remember, Uplay already does all this. Right. Uplay, you can, and I'm sure they're just like, might as well just, you know, have somebody who's on Steam scrolling through games, see mm-hmm. our games too. So it makes sense to me, money wise. I'd rather have my, just like you, we upload our videos to YouTube, but we want them everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You, twi- you, you want to get as much people looking at it. Right. I'm sure with games, at some point, they just were like, might as well just have it everywhere. And yeah, and do you think there. do you think other companies are going to follow suit, or you know, because I, I feel like who have their own stores? You mean? Yeah, do you think Bethesda's going to be like, all right, let's actually Bethesda's already been on Steam. I apologize because yeah. um, we'll say 
who's someone who's holding out? Is Ubisoft on Steam? Yeah, you play. Um, I would I know say you play is a thing. I, but... I think most of them are. I'm pretty sure. Oh, but wait, EA they did overall Activision. They did Epic with um, with the Division Two. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I th- think, is I think EA just looked at Uplay and was like, well, if I call it Uplay. I should say Ubisoft. EA looked at Ubisoft doing it everywhere, and it's just like, we might as well. Right. As well. Like, it's it's obviously not impacting Assassin's Creed Odyssey sales. True. So, you know, um, they do get less, but I'm going to tell you, there's something about second uh, vision sales, which is where, so you go, if I go looking for something on Steam and I see Odyssey on sale... Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in a place that if I didn't have Steam open, I would never see it because I don't have Origin open. And gotcha. I think what's going on is they're just like, might as well catch a drive-by looker, and boom, we've got our game on there. There's a chance they'll click it and buy it. Mm-hmm. And to them, it's just more people seeing their stuff. Yes, it's a lesser amount, but it might be a lesser amount or no amount. Yeah. Because that you know when you go to Origin, you see the game, and there's only a couple. Mm-hmm. So you're like... I know exactly what I'm getting on Steam. I've seen people buy shit on Steam, Maddie, that I'm like, why'd you buy that? Why? Just and they're all, it's on sale. Scro- yep. Yep. I was scrolling through and I saw it pop up. And so I got it. And you're just like, all right. Steam well. is a home and, to impulse purchasers across oh, for the globe, sure. man. Yep. Might as well put it wherever you can get it. I yeah. think games, a lot of games, we're seeing it with Microsoft and Ori on uh, Switch, too. I mean, I think companies are just learning. Death Stranding on PC. Yeah, that too. That one wasn't a surprise, though. I think that was announced for a very long time. It was leaked, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a surprise, I don't think. I think companies are just learning very, very late that consumers just like options. Yeah. Most people have no problem buying shit. It's just when you decide to wall us off, that's when it's like a problem. Um, The Grimbat, a.k.a. Grimblade, asks, what is an indie game? Or a double-A game you really enjoyed but have not talked up much from this year. So I guess that eliminates Greedfall. Hmm. I haven't played much I haven't talked about. We both have podcasts, so it's like you, we talked about You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if we didn't buy it, we're talking about it in here. So I don't think I even have uh, it. It was Catherine, no, Catherine Full Body I talked about, but I think that's triple-A. I'm just trying to look at the games. I've yeah, played. you told me a bunch about Catherine Full Body. That game is great. Um, Plague Tale Innocence, we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? One I didn't really talk about much was Team Sonic Racing. I like that. I wouldn't say oh, I, gotcha, yeah. I haven't heard you mention it. I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it, but uh, it was fun. It was a nice little diversion. It was a fun arcade-style game. It was priced fairly. I think it was 40 bucks, $30. Bucks. Um, much cheaper now. That game came out way earlier earlier in the year, and with Black Friday sales coming up and Cyber Monday, you could probably get it for an even better deal. But that's one I'd recommend. It was um, not like a Mario Kart. Mario Kart just feels better to play, but this game was fun. Um, I'd, I'd definitely recommend that. Let me check my list. Hold on. Yeah, I just checked mine. I legit don't have any. That like we've talked about them. If I've you know, Vampire on Switch, but I covered Vampire enough. Yeah, I guess when you really look at it, because technically the Outer Worlds is double A, Greedfall is certainly double A. Like most double A games that cross our path, we're pretty big advocates of, and you know, Playtale Innocence. Like we really push those. So it's hard to think of indie game. I don't really. Last indie game I think I played was The Messenger, and that one was in my Game of the Year list. Like, I, f- I fucking love that game. That was a really, really good one. Um, 
I don't think DC Universe Online would be, even though it's... God, I love that game. Yeah, I mean, I've been playing that on my Switch. That's pretty fun. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fucking mark for that, like a wrestling yeah. mark. It's crazy how much I like that. Have you been just soloing it or going yeah, with friends? Yeah, just soloing it. Dude, it's, it's it's fun. It's got a lot of content. It's, it does. Yeah. I did I did a uh, a Flash comic. The you know the there's I think Dark Metals are in the name of them. Mm-hmm. I yep. did one of the comic missions for that. Like it's just it's fun the way they scale your player. You you just can kind of hop in wherever you want. Very very few MMOs do that. So I just felt like everything was accessible right away. It's also cool because villains and heroes start with completely different quest lines mm-hmm. and with different uh, different uh, mentors and stuff. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore that game. Yeah. I don't know if that would slot in a double A just because it's an MMO, which I know is pretty high budget, but it, it just doesn't look like a Elder Scrolls Online or something yeah. along those lines, which I think is It was higher. a PS3 game, bro. Yeah, that's true. It's 13 years old. That's true, but don't MMOs sometimes go over like... Yeah, like RuneScape. RuneScape had like an overhaul that like made it look graphically much better. Don't... It did not. DCU actually has not. Only mm. uh, Star I, that I know of of the ones because I play DCU all the time. The only one I know of that did was Star Trek Online from wow. Cryptic. They did a full redo of the engine with like a, a you know a hmm. lighting and stuff like that. Interesting. All right, and Jemima's got two questions for us. Number one, what do you plan slash hope to review this month? Oh man. Need for Speed Heat. I'll probably do Death Stranding impressions. I don't know if I'll do a yeah. full review. I I want to get into contact with EA about Jedi Fallen Order. That would oh, be yeah. awesome. Jedi Fallen but, Order. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on. I'm high on anyone's hit parade as of lately. It's like I said, a lot of people on my channel. You know, this last uh, since May, the only game I got early, and I'm not complaining because it's the only game I really wanted, truly needed early, uh, was. The Outer Worlds. Everything else I got day and date, or in the case of Greedfall, I got it 24 hours early. So, yeah, I mean, it, for me, Aunt Jemima, it, it's uh, one of those things where it really does depend on if the publisher or the PR agency would like to grant me a advanced copy. And there's not a ton coming out. I mean, there is uh, two EA games, mm-hmm. which are difficult as fuck to get as a reviewer. I think they only yes. go to influencers and it's streamers, really. Part of that really. Game Changers program or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, which I had forgotten completely, and I think that's pretty much like a no-go. Yeah. Um, it's, they're, they're, become, they're almost impossible for even me to reach. Um, I agree. There's really not a huge... There's a couple games other than that, but yeah, this year I would say whatever comes my way, I'll probably re- versus yeah. like seeking something out. Yeah, I'd like to get at least one more review under my belt. Maybe if if Jedi Fallen Order doesn't pan out, I will do um, Death Stranding because, like I said, I do want to do one more. Um, I think you could tell in my uh, the Outer Worlds review, just like my review chops were like kind of flaring to go. Like I was I was going in on that game. Um, and I just, I love reviewing games. It's probably my favorite content to do. So hopefully, hopefully we get our hands on more. Uh, second question was, what's one game genre you've always wanted to get into, but you can't just enjoy? For me, it's RTS. I love turn-based, but RTS just does not click with me. Huh. Huh, huh, huh. I, you know, I, it's really not the genre but Disgaea as a series and how that gameplay system works never clicked with me, but it has so many fucking fans. I, I, I think I could check my Switch. I think I have five hours on Disgaea, and I just really did not enjoy it. And five hours is enough to figure out if you like something. 
Yeah. Did, did right. not like it. I don't really have a... I, I mean, I'll play even sports games when I review them, so I don't really think I have a genre that I don't... Yeah, no, I, I don't think I have a specific genre. I don't like puzzle games for obvious reasons. They they engage me mentally, but I like a mixture of like fun and mental engagement. And I think it's more exciting when you can like mentally engage me as if it's a puzzle with combat. You know, for example, right. we'll say Batman Arkham. You know, you see someone with a shield coming at you, someone who's only knocked down through that like glue bomb on the ground, and and someone who can only be knocked out with a battering. You have to orient yourself, and and that's almost a moving puzzle in its own right. So yeah. I, I kind of like that that way of, I put this in quotes, puzzle solving. It's called good combat, but I think a thoughtful process uh, and approach to that is more enticing for my brain. JPat93, what's one video game protagonist you would like to cross over into a different game universe? For example, getting to play the Master Chief in a Days Con video game. And one video game antagonist you'd like to see as an enemy in a different video game universe for example the flood in call of duty world at war i like your second example that's really good jpat yeah that's a good example Ooh. a protagonist in another universe uh, i'd like to see courier six stumble into the outer worlds and just be like what the f-? that'd be cool that's already kind of like a theory i don't think it's gonna end up being true but I don't really. Ha- I mean, I like Pavardi on in Outer Worlds. She could be in like Greedfall or something. But I mean, I, I, awesome. I yeah, it's it's a weird. That's a weird. I like. I don't even. And I don't really follow protagonists other than Master Chief, um, and not even really that anymore. I like to see um, like Darth Malak go into like Jedi Fallen Order <laughs> and just be like, what the? Oh yeah, that'd fuck be cool. Is going on yeah. where you're not expecting it. He's yeah. like the main bad guy. He's yeah. like re- resurrected or something. That yeah. should be cool. That'd yeah. be. Oh. Man, I freak out at that. I mean, it. You know what could work? We were talking about Jedi Order being safe, right? And I think it is. It's Force Unleashed three, but yeah. just on the other side, that would be awesome, though, Maddie. If they had hidden, if there's a secret like bad guy at the very end, mm-hmm. that's a, a a callback to like it's Revan or something. Even though yeah, it would like be, you know what around. I mean? That, oh man, yeah. And you're just like, and the the amount of hubbub that would cause because right now the game is sort of viewed as like, oh, it's a Jedi game. It's pretty safe. It's this. It's that. It'd be cool if they're like oh yeah it is and then you know three-fourths mm-hmm. of the way through the bad guy turns out to be a you know somebody very classic that right. would be fucking awesome that'd actually. be cool all right that's a good question let's see what we've got here kettle corn how do you determine the value of a game most people like to say that sports games are a ripoff because it's the same thing every year I personally will easily put over 200 plus hours in NHL every year, and I have friends that do the same for NBA and Madden. For me, NHL takes up more time than any other game by far. Is the value of a game based solely on the amount of hours you put in, or are there other determining factors? There's others, for sure. Mine's more about the time that I do spend, do I enjoy it? Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. I can understand. do 60 hours of a shit game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand the mindset. There there was people um, who tried to tell me, I remember with Fallout 4, where like I'd see people with tons of hours, and I'm like, why do you play it if you don't like it? And people were like, well, it's the only game we have. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. But at the same point, I'd rather go spend my time doing something yeah, I enjoy than playing a game I didn't like. So I've never understood the mindset of that. I don't think hours in general determine 
how much you love the game. Because, for example, Red Dead. I put 80 hours into it because that's how long the story is. But I never really went back outside of dabbling in Red Dead Online and sometimes messing around in the single-player world. But I really never went back. And I don't think that means I love it less. I just had my fill of the world. I spent time in it. And that's all kind of demanded of me. Um, You know, for me, I, I would say I always return to Smite. But it's not like you know, the best game ever. I know that for a fact it's not. It's a very fun and balanced multiplayer game. And I enjoy it a lot, but it also just kind of scratches that I'm playing something itch, but I don't want to be fully invested in something. Like, I just yeah, want right. to play something. And sports games do that best. They're just That's why I think you can put 200-plus hours into it every year because it's just, you know, I used to put tons of hours into NHL with my friends, and I played it. Of course, uh, Kettle Corn, I saw the light, and I stopped fucking playing that trash, but... Uh, I see. I see you have a, a little bit more time before you accept my way. Um, but realistically speaking, I think there are other determining factors. Just you know, because you can have a very quality experience in ten hours and just have that sit with you as much as yeah, yeah. two hundred hours. It's just depending on how it's delivered. Ben Jam hits us with a hard hitting question: If you could go back in time and fix one mistake you made in real life, what would it be, and how you would do it differently? Ben, I hope you're doing all right. You're not going through anything tough that's making this come into your head. Maybe you just want to see us squirm a little bit. But thinking of you, if I could go back in time right now, I'd go and get myself a protein shake and put it next to my desk so I had something to fuel myself for the end of the show. That's certainly one thing I'd change. <laughs> oh man. Are you out of drinks and stuff? You yeah, I'm out of water. Out. And uh, I can answer something. No, no, you're good. You're good. Oh. The show, we only have like one more question after this. Um, I don't know. See, I've, I'm, f- I don't want to say the word fortunate. I've always tried to lead my life in a sense of like, I don't have regrets. I don't sit here and like anguish over mistakes I've made because most times they've been mistakes I could um learn from and grow from like if you asked me in 2016 i'd be like man my biggest mistake was making that that fallout 4 review but now i'm just like thank god i made that and like did it the way i i did because i learned from it a lot same thing with like the whole uh calling people who said fallout 4 is bad disrespectful like i'm happy i did it because i wouldn't say happy i could i could go through my life without having to experience that but um I, I, I will say I'm, I'm happy I learned from it. So I don't know if there's any mistakes I'd want to go back and undo because, like, I always try to be, like, courteous with my time for my family. I always try to think bigger than, you know, like, okay, this person will be around for a finite amount of time. This is going to be around here for as long as I need it to be kind of thing. So I've always viewed life through those lens. So I've never really had i guess a huge regret i'd like to go back and undo i'm sure if i thought hard enough maybe something would come to mind i'm not saying i live a perfect life but i haven't been hit with anything where i'm like man wish i could undo that i wish i had start uh, it's not the biggest thing um Mm -hmm. but i wish i had started reviewing many years earlier yeah because um it you know, obviously they've done well, and I, I feel that I haven't really changed. I, I would have done the same style of review you see me do today 10 years prior to starting. Right. Like, this is the way I talk to friends. And that success when it was a bigger deal and when YouTube was a little more free and could have got that popularity where now there's a lot of chaff, a lot of fucking Yeah, noise, it's really hard you to know. know. It, um, so that would probably... I mean, I think one is, like, I wasn't close to my... Um, 
to my grandpa as much as I would have liked, I guess. Mm -hmm. I've, I've talked about that before in other podcasts where, like, that yeah. would probably be the one is where... Because I was young and doing stupid stuff. I mean, I have a lot of regrets of dumb shit I did, but real ones, mm -hmm. that's probably that's probably one of them. Those two, one affecting business and just my well-being in life and the other, you know, losing out on a family member quicker than I would have, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, family members I, I wish I were a little bit closer with, but I just know, realistically speaking, like, the circumstances of where our families are located and... yeah. It's just how often we could see one another. It's like you know, mine was just being a punk. Were, yeah, I get that. Yours is yours is good. Yours is good and teaches stuff. Mine is to to fucking don't be a punk. Just don't be a punk, man. They Absolutely. they can go at any time. You have no fucking clue. And yeah. I don't follow this uh, advice, by the way. Still, <laughs> no, I mean, hey, do you know what, dude? I I my say it punk and then on the web. My my parents will be like, "You want to come visit us?" And I'll be all, "Yeah, I'll get there," yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. a bad idea. But yeah. <laughs> shit, life gets in the way, and you're like, "I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow." But I'm going to tell you, at some point, there's no tomorrow, and that can suck, dick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure, I agree. Last question comes from J Pat once more. Question for he doesn't say Carrick. He says for kayak. Side note: Yes, this is a poorly Who's worded that? question, uh, just, just for you because I want an excuse to call you kayak. Do you see oh, companies you like go. Sony and Microsoft in the near future leaning into internet providers for faster and more stable internet connections so they can transition easier into a no-disc generation? This is all you, man. I would not know if that's even possible. Yeah, no. They won't. They won't. They, ca they can't, technically. Yeah, there's... Uh, I mean, there's... It's like an unless, edge in the market, right? Like I don't even know if that's allowed. Yeah, I mean, I think Brazil has a tiered internet where they're allowed to go, like, gamer internet where you get faster you can do that in america but there's all kinds of laws against it and stuff like that. and i just don't see microsoft or sony doing it they're just going to piggyback on whatever we get mm -hmm. and that's why microsoft has made it clear that the scarlet in, and probably at least one if not two consoles after scarlet i'll just say this until pcs all become on the net there will always be a console most likely yeah there will be console manufacturers who go streaming, like uh, Stadia and stuff. I also think Stadia is going to be a disaster in one weird way. I told you about this, where, like, if you go to Google, now there's just going to be a link where the first link is go to Stadia for everything you search. Once Stadia is up and running, they can do that. There's no, right. there's nothing that says they can't. That'll uh -huh. be a disaster. And then um, I think that, like, that amount of bandwidth is going to hurt other things. Like, we're going to see some weird stuff when everybody goes streaming. The amount, for example, I lived through GTA 5's uh, re uh, release trailer, and that killed our work internet because <laughs> so many people were watching it. Our work internet, yeah. And you go online and look at the internet health, and it was red because so many people were watching it. That's one game. Imagine if you have four or five big games and a bunch of people are streaming. I, I don't think Microsoft can force anybody, and there's really nothing they can do. Yeah. I mean, what what would they do? Like, I think it's just about waiting for more people across the world to have internet. I think a lot of us exactly. do, but I think it's a lot less globally than people would like to imagine. And so I think once we get to that point, you'll see a transition. I don't think the diskless stuff is as close as we think, but... Yeah, me neither. Um it's definitely well, coming. Well, you mean from the major three, right? Yeah. Because I do yeah. think others will try it. Yeah. Absolutely. They'll they'll like not produce the disc and maybe launch it at 50 bucks or something like that. And that'll yeah. be interesting to see. But I don't think it'll be like the major three will say, okay, this console does not have a disc drive. You know, put it this way. Yeah. These consoles have such a long shelf life. 
and the new yeah, ones are ridiculous. coming with the disk drive. I don't think they're going to put it in there, spend the, the time manufacturing it for them to drop it halfway through. At least that's how I view it personally. And remember, a disk drive is only, I think it's only like four bucks to add per unit anyway. So okay. you might as well put one in there so you can watch your Blu-ray. Okay, then maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah. No, 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 you're actually... right. I'm saying oh. that backs it up that it's only $4, so they'll keep putting it in. There's okay. no reason. If you take it out, why are you taking oh, it? Like, really, you're just, har- no, you're just harming your uh, your your user base. If you're yeah. like, hey, there's still a disk drive in here, then your old games or your Blu-rays all mm-hmm. play on it. True. I mean, true, even, even PS4 wasn't a Blu-ray player for a while, and people were pissed about it. So. Yeah. I, well, I, matter of fact, wait a minute. I don't think blue. I don't think PS4 still plays Blu-rays, does it? No, really? it doesn't. Isn't Blu-ray? Isn't is it PS3 or PS4? Oh, it's PS3, PS3 and four did play Blu-ray. I remember because I used what to. The fuck? Yeah, no, because I remember when I used to the newer PS3s. What am I thinking? Because um, I... whenever I went to watch Game of Thrones when I first got it, my PS3 mm-hmm. was like my that was my my viewing machine. Yeah, because Xbox okay, there's, Blu-ray. So it must have been be, it must have been PS3 at first, but yes, I do remember yes. one of the big ones didn't, and people were like, PS3 Whoa, had to be a Blu-ray player because their discs were were always the Blu-ray, Blu-ray stuff. Yeah, they were always Blu-ray. And I remember, yeah, I don't see. I remember that for some weird reason. I don't even know if this is true, but I was excited when I got my PS3 because the guy at GameStop. This is why I say I don't know if it's true. But this is when I was younger. He said that you can't really, like, damage, I put this in quotes, a Blu-ray disc. Like, you could kick it, you could, like, scratch it up, and it would still work. And I was like, I don't know if that really makes sense. Nah, he's full of shit. Yeah, I was going to say. That I didn't... dude. Yeah, I don't know. Maddie, you yeah. can't damage a Blu-ray player. I was like, that, <laughs> I, even as a kid, I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I've always <laughs> carried it with me thinking, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. And so I've yeah, always no. had this awkward deeper trust with blu-ray discs since my ps3 <laughs> but, maybe uh, he meant like the coding on it but um have you ever had a, a before we go have you ever had a cd or blu-ray dvd rot because there's a thing called rot so no. you can see it i have old old discs from mm-hmm. like 10 years ago and if you look at them in the light you can actually see them degrade they'll start to separate and you'll start getting wow. read errors on yeah it's pretty crazy and it, it's supposed to take a long time but it can happen depending on humidity and it's just called like Blu-ray or, or or DVD rot, and it just starts to impact your your ones and zeros on the disc. Gotcha. Um, but I think what he probably meant was that they were coded specifically to like make sure they don't get air on it, oxidization, which oh. is the number one killer. Yeah. And he probably meant you know they're just co- they're just more durable, which they yeah. I would assume they are. How if I, I mean, remember? I was very. Yeah, that's funny though. That's <laughs> funny. He's like, you can kick it. I'd be like, dude, I wouldn't be kicking my fucking uncharted. I remember specifically, disc. you could kick it, you could rub it in the dirt, it'll still work. That's <laughs> yeah, I remember that I, specifically. I'll have to look that. Up. It's interesting though, if like that was a. It might have been a rumor at the starting. You know, you it know how it is. Been. With this Sony is when. Um, yeah, this was when it was two thousand eight, seven. That's when I got my PS three. Oh, yeah, crazy. Man. Yeah, I wonder what the fuck he meant. I, I wish I could go back. I don't even know what the guy looks like. People at GameStop couldn't stand me because I used to like go in there with like eighty dollars of used games and keep returning them and recycling them, and so like. And getting another game, yeah, you, yeah. Like, yeah. And when I came in, like one time, the guy was like, "What do you want?" Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he couldn't stand the fact that I was just rigging the system, even though he was just like a cashier there. Like, he just hated the idea that I was just poisoning the the pool of GameStop. It's their system, yeah. Like, if you allow it to be rigged like that, and especially that's when you have three reasons that at the time that you could return it for, it was like game didn't work, 
something else and did not like it. And I'd always be like, yeah, I didn't like it. Even though I'd be like, this game's great. I'm going to go return it and get a new one. Like Speaking of that, I don't know if you saw Death Stranding is on GameSpot's, uh, or GameStop's uh, oh, uh, yeah. you guaranteed to like it list. Very risky. <laughs> I think it's 48 hours. 48 hours, and you can return I it think, full yeah. price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, saw, I, I just saw it on Reddit right before we started, because I, I don't know that system. But I saw it, and I was like, what's that even mean? I was going to click on it, but that sounds like exactly is, what you're talking that about. That is a bold move, GameStop. Bold move. Bold, bold move. Cotton Probably not the ideal works. target there. You know, Maybe do like a Jedi Fallen Order. I think that you stand a better chance, but who knows how long that game is. Uh, oh, right. How long before we go? I'm guessing 10 to 12 for, for Jedi. I'll order. say 20. I feel like these games always end up being longer because I feel like the multiple planets really? and stuff, and they say that you can go back oh, and true. look you for collectibles. So story-wise, 20. 15. Okay. Right. You know, I we'll think extra see. collectibles and exploration, tack on another five. Why not? Right. Yeah. 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 If it's longer than that, it's it's a little too much in my opinion. yeah it might be too it might be too long for that yeah. kind of game. I, we also got to remember it's respawn. Like think of how long Titanfall's campaign is. I think fifteen hours might be. Well, Titanfall was zero, right? Because they had no single player. It was Titanfall two, wasn't it? That Sorry, the, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Titanfall two. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was like boot up screen. Congratulations! Yeah, you're just you like beat the whoa, game. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it was good though. Yeah. Short. Short. Yeah, as long time. as it's good, that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, that's our last set of questions, though, uh, from the patrons. Excellent. Thank you guys so much for getting involved. Um, if you got this far in the show and you want to get involved, know, hashtag get involved. There we go. We'll just go with it. And there we go. Tag myself. Tag Carrick. I am at G27 status. Carrick is at Jeremy Penter. Tag any of us on Twitter or both of us, preferably, and say hashtag get involved. And we'll know it's you. We know how uh, far you listened. We appreciate you that. Blah, blah, blah. I, I'm just. We gotta shut this down. I can't talk. And, just, and don't cheat, <sighs> you bastards, because we'll check. No. I'm oh just yes. Joking. Oh yes. We're on to you. <laughs> we'll we'll start doing queries about what we said halfway mm-hmm. through. We'll yes. Like, what did we talk about? Yeah, and tell us what news topic number two was. <laughs> <laughs> That's so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure they're fully engaged. All right, yep, ladies and exactly. gentlemen. We appreciate you, and we will catch you guys next week with episode two twenty seven. Peace out. Peace out. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.